0: Okay, I'll, I'll introduce them. Um, <laughs> hello, and welcome to a Berkett Wonderland and Arsenal podcast. My name is Carl. And did you know? So first of all, before I introduce people, I'm going to ask a series of questions. Now, um, actually, do you know what? I'll introduce everyone here. Um, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the person who knows everything about French football, um, and also the running man of Plymouth. It is Chris. Christopher, how are you?
1: All right, mate. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm alright. <clears throat> I've still got the lurgy, but I'm alright, and uh, Sunday helped immeasurably in that particular um, task of, of recovery. So yeah, not bad, mate. Bit chilly, though. Bit chilly. I don't know what it's like in the big smoke, but it's a bit old chilly down Europe.
0: Very cold. It's minus one in London. Not very nice. But I have a question for you, Chris. Uh Did you
1: Two know- inches
0: fully erect oh no I'm not talking about Danny yet Um, oh sorry so did you know that Tottenham get battered everywhere they go and also at home
1: everywhere they go
0: everywhere they go everywhere they go you're not here yet shut up
1: before you introduce Danny can I ask you what you personally Carl this is very personal to you what do you think of Tottenham
0: Do you know what Chris? Like someone asked me this the other day, and I was thinking really hard, and I was on the toilet at the time, and the only thing I could think of was shit.
1: That's that's interesting. And and on that same theme, if I was to say to you, what do you think of shit? Where would you go with that?
0: Again, I was like, anyone wants to hear thinking of this image? I was on the toilet as well, and um, when I was sort of doing what I was doing on the toilet. I was thinking of Tottenham.
1: Thank you. I think we can introduce oh, Danny now.
0: That's all right. Um, and the man who's always here, the man who this podcast belongs to, uh, who looks like a 70s porn star, um, it's Daniel, Danny the GFP. Um, Danny, Hello. it's like November. When are you going to shave it off?
2: Oh, and Charm begs me to. She saw it today and called me an effing nonce. So, uh, yeah, that didn't go too well and I, I like it uh I'm, i might even sh- when i get around to shaving my head it looks a mess and i might even trim up my uh, my stubble so that it's uh just a, a mustache nothing else and have
1: then, you ever uh, thought about having one going to turkey i mean you wouldn't even leave <laughs> your living room let alone the country but have you ever thought about <laughs> going to turkey and getting one of those like head tattoos where they like tattoo your hair on then you could have you could just I'm come oldie. on one week yeah like yeah like rob yeah you you just come on like massive afro it'd be brilliant like
2: don't I don't agree with hair. It will mess up my daily routine of sleeping I'll fourteen f- hours I'll and then, uh, then. <laughs> and then going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, how are you, Carl?
0: I am fantastic, Danny. Do you know why I'm fantastic? Go on, tell me. Um one because I've got a week off work, so you know it's always good to have a week off work. And also, because on Sunday, I don't know if you know, Danny, there's a, like an event in North London oh, yeah. where, um, I don't know, like a, a team, like two teams that sort of originate from the North London area played each other in a game of football. Well, they said it was a game of football. It was kind of men against boys.
2: You say originally, you mean since the 60s when when that other lot were made part of London?
0: I mean, technically they're from Hertfordshire. Um, yeah. So it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, this goes straight into it. Um yeah, everyone, Arsenal sorry, Tottenham zero, Arsenal two. Now, whenever whenever we play Tottenham, no matter what, no matter how confident I am, there's always that little bit of jitters in me because it's a derby game and you know you know what they say, anything can happen. Um and even though I was a little bit scared, I was quietly confident that we was gonna get a result there. Um, Chris, what did you think? Um because you know, we had been playing well. Yes, we come off the back of that um, Newcastle 0-0. But, you know, we gone into the game against Oxford. We kind of swept them away. But for me, you know, Tottenham, they just play really bad football. So I was quietly confident, even a way, that we could go and get a result. Was you the same?
1: Yeah, I was. It, it's... Quite a few people have said this on various platforms. I've listened to and read over the past few days, but it felt like we were due. And I, I was actually quite surprised to read that it was the first time we won there since 2014, which kind of blew my mind. I was like, "God, has it really been that long?" And I know there's been a lot of draws in that time. Um, so I mean, you know, it's not like it's a bit of a skewed stat, but to not win there for that long is is quite a thing. I um, I stayed very quiet. I, I, I must admit, I don't like. I don't use social media or Twitter as much as I used to like I remember the days where I'd be on it like constantly um I don't don't go on it as much now but um I was I I, I was really tempted the night before just to just to tweet and go I'm I'm really not bothered but like you there's a bit of a superstitious sort of uh, a few superstitious bones in my body I suppose I just I didn't want to jinx it but genuinely, it's the first dive I've gone into. Okay, yeah, you are still nervous because you know we all thought that the inevitable hurricane penalty and probable
2: red card would arrive. And I think because we talked about it so much,
1: we unjinxed yeah. it. Well, that, that was it. I just didn't. I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to sort of put myself out there. Not because I give a shit what that lot think. You know, I, I couldn't care less. But it was more like I just. Di- I didn't want to sort of jinx anything and put a false sense of security on it. But underneath the surface. Um, I had a feeling and and also weirdly, and a lot of people won't believe me when I say this, but I genuinely felt this way. I, I wasn't surprised to see us roll in there and absolutely outplay them. I mean, I, I think I tweeted it after the game, it was men against children. It wasn't boys. It was like literal children. They were embarrassing. They are embarrassing. They have always been embarrassing. They will always be embarrassing. They're a, a pathetic excuse for a football club. Um, they play in a toilet bowl and they produce shit football. So I I didn't just you know I won't I won't sort of mince my words there. It's just say it like it is. But um, no, fuck them. It's, it's about us. You know we made them look that average. We we made them look so poor. We completely outplayed them. We dominated them. I've been a little bit disappointed in in the coverage this game's got by a lot of media outlets who have focused on how bad Spurs were. No 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 no. We were fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I didn't have any real concerns. Um, my only sort of slight jitter was could we get the at least two goals to put them to bed early because you just worried when we missed a couple of chances but happy days um we move on another big game at the weekend which we'll come on to but yeah couldn't have gone any better Don't That's him, the first made. mute of the podcast. Well done, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: gone all Spurs-y. <laughs> I have. I mean, Danny, that first half was possibly some of the best 45 minutes of football I think I've ever seen Arsenal play. I mean, we've seen some brilliant results and we've seen some brilliant games, but to go away to your local rivals and play sublime football like we did in that first 45 minutes, it was just brilliant, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, t- I'm just... Going back to what Chris said, I didn't realise it's 2014 either. It was uh, a sicky goal in the second minute, and it was also that season was the last time we beat them home and away. Because in the home leg, in the set, it was the 13-14 season. Uh, the home le- game we beat them one nil in Giroud 23rd minute, and then the the, the second game was uh, March 2014. So coming up towards the end of the season, beat them one nil again. But I was surprised we didn't get more against them. I was quite disappointed when you're looking back at it, because I'm still looking at my notes from, from the game. Martinelli had a great chance to uh, when he overhead kicked it to Eddie and Eddie fluffed it. That could have been a goal. And then um, then Odegaard had a pot shot on 21. Then parties won where he nearly broke the, uh, the the goal post on 24. And then uh, and then should have been a red card after 25 minutes when Sessignon, nothing's been made of this. When he came in waist high, and missed just missed Saka. He missed him by a gnat's testicle, and that would have been that should have been a um, at least a, a yellow or maybe a red for dangerous play. And then when you look at the end of the first half, Carl touches in the box. It kind of not my me and my moustache, but uh, they had one. We had nineteen. And then to sum it up, end of the first half, that Holberg dive. <laughs> what was that, Carl? <laughs> Do
0: you know what was, it was? So confusing because when you watch it on TV it looked like he pointed to the spot, and I'm sure he actually yeah. did. I'm very sure that referee did point to the spot, I and mean, then everyone was like it's a penalty, and then I think he must have got a word in his ear from VAR to say it was a dive going for half full time, because I'm. Sh- it just looked it was such a confusing and a mixed up situation. Now, if he, again if you watch the game back, which I have, he definitely points to the spot 100% points to the spot, and then it's really weird. He kind of picks up the ball and then tells the players to go off. So I don't know what happened there, but do you know what? It wasn't a penny. It was a dive and it was a... Um, it was a fall. No. Um, Danny, I'm going to well, stick with wasn't, you. Sorry. Wasn't,
1: sorry, just really quickly.
0: wasn't just a dive. It was
1: outright cheating. Like, it was honestly pathetic. Like, just, like I said earlier on, embarrassing club, embarrassing performance. Like, he... Ha, that guy is stealing a living, by the way. This this is a guy who played at Bayern Munich. Um, okay, went to Southampton after that. But what an absolute dog shit footballer he is! Like, what what does he do? There's so many of them. Eric Dyer, Cessignon, Brian Hill, who I think he was in the Beatles once. See the nuts, Yeah, my God, Jesus. There's, there's so many of them. Richarlison. They spent sixty million quid on that fucking chicken fucker Hasn't Jesus a penalty Christ. Penalty goal yet. oh my god i know we'll come on to him but they've got so many bang average players and do you remember that um do you remember that paper headline where it's like this is how good they are when they're playing badly imagine when they hit top gear yeah that that, that worked out well i think that was probably oliver holt yeah he's a lovely chap isn't he dickhead um but yeah i mean what what a just just what I just I just loved it but it was it was cheating honestly absolutely embarrassing that they thought they'd get a penalty out of that and it was clear that Saliba like literally was just getting up off the floor but like, literally nothing else just painful anyway sorry I had to throw that in
2: makes me yeah, laugh yeah. that all the money they could have got for Kane a couple of seasons ago and they could have cashed in on Son as well and now if they decide to get rid of either of them they're going to get half the money they were going to get wouldn't they
0: I wouldn't even think half. I mean, what did Man City offer? Like 120 million or something yeah. like that? Mm. Like, and he's he ageing not...
1: now, isn't he, Kane, as well? His best years are arguably behind him as a centre-forward, realistically. What is he now? Was he 29 or is he in his 30s now? I think it's 29. So he looks about 40. Mm. Mm. He, he will be in decline and, and uh, yeah, the, um, the 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 Tottenham Park True Young is is definitely on the decline, which is hilarious.
0: Oh, God. Danny, I'm going to uh, come to you about the first goal. Um, just what was Larise doing? Like I, I kind of get that Saka sort of hit the ball very hard, but as a top top, what should be a top goalkeeper, that's bread and butter. You shouldn't be, you should not be putting those in the back of your net, should you?
2: It was. I mean, you could look at that a hundred times, and you're still never going to figure out exactly how he did what he did, other than. Uh, messed it up because uh, as we know Saka ran down the right hand side then decided to run almost along along the uh is it the touchline? so it's got that Davis in my head screaming touch lane using bloody rugby terminology I don't even watch the bloody game and running along there and then I think he goes to pass it to the far post and then Lloris for some unknown reason decides to try and grab it but he's he's just he's just had a, a chicken uh, meal on on the, uh, the Seven Sisters Road. Where he had his gloves on, and it's hit his gloves, and he's gone. Whoa, no! And it's gone, uh, squeezed it, and it's gone over his head and in the goal. And then you look at it and go, "Did I just see what what I think I saw? How how is that even possible? I think I've got a yeah, we've got a pictures here. I mean, look at that. So this is after he's done it.
0: It's just even has as he's hit it like. It doesn't seem possible no. that it's gone into the back And the net. I mean, on the TV, when it happened, it took me about about three or four seconds to think to myself, what just happened there? Because yeah. even the commentators, Gary Neville and My um, Tyler, were like, oh, it's gone in the net. Because no one knew what kind of had happened. True.
2: It's very, very strange. But what a great way to start the game off. I mean, he has only played. I'm just looking here. He's... Uh, Ole Reese is 36, he's only just gone 36, and so far for Spurs he's played 440 games, zero goals, he's shit. Um, I think it may be, this might be his last season for Spurs because he retired from from international football last week or the week before and uh, I think maybe he might need to consider giving up on Spurs because they are not happy with him. They're gonna, the Spurs fans aren't happy with him, any of the players, the manager, the owner, the stadium, the, the tea lady, the bin man. They're not happy with anybody at the moment, and it's a great time to be alive.
0: Yeah, I've got a feeling that they're going to replace Lourdes because he's made a few errors this um, this year, and long made him continue, by the way. But yeah, I think <laughs> his, uh, his best years are behind him, and I think... Tottenham surely should be looking in to, um, to cash, not even cash on him just to get rid of him, I guess. like,
2: in Their backup goalkeeper is Fraser Foster, who's oh, 34. Alfie w- Whiteman I've never heard of and Brandon Austin I've also never heard of. So, yeah, they might have to dig deep.
0: Definitely. Um, but the thing is, that wasn't his only mistake because that I believe that he made another mistake uh, in the first half when Eddie could have sort of got in on um and don't you think, Chris, that Eddie was a live wire in that game? I know I know that he's always going to be compared to um Jesus because technically he's the replacement for Gabriel Jesus. but you know, there's all these people saying that he's not fit to lace Eddie um Gabriel's boots and you know we're gonna struggle. But you know, he's doing his thing at the moment. Um yeah, he didn't score, but you know, he's putting himself about and he's you know, giving him a good account of himself at the moment.
1: Yeah, I've I've been um <clears throat> I've been really impressed with him actually. He yeah, the the problem that you have is 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 it's this this age old thing of like how good a backup can you afford to have? Like do you go down the like the Liverpool route where you've basically got fourteen forwards or do you go down the Chelsea route where you've basically got three hundred nine hundred and fifty four billion forwards? I mean that's not even a number, which is how bad they are. But um, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the issue, and, and I know we're we're in a transfer window now, where we're all talking about reinforce reinforcements. But the thing that's impressed me with Ed, with Eddie is that he's come in, and not only has he scored goals, which you know we have to remember, Gabriel Jesus wasn't actually doing, and that's not a criticism of him; he was doing a lot, a lot more besides the goal scoring. But that is ultimately what he's in the, the team for. What I like about Eddie is is his his work rate's been fantastic, his attitude's been spot on. I know that clip has done the rounds now with him telling Sambi Lukonga to <laughs> shut the fuck up, basically, and get on with it. But that is the attitude on the pitch that we've seen from him off the pitch. He's obviously trained hard. And I know Mikel is is quite quite the fan of a soundbite. And I know he likes to, um, you know, big up players in the media, even if maybe he might not be completely accurate in what he's saying. But he, he clearly likes Nketiah. He gave him a new contract. He put faith in him. And I just don't think we can ask much more, from a from a player like that than we've got, um, and he's and he's also pretty clear to me. He's quite well liked in the changing room. He seems to fit the squad very well. He is a local lad, of course. I just think he's been a breath of fresh air. And my, my I suppose my only concern is going to be that that he he had two really big chances in this game, and you kind of want him to take at least one of them. Probably the the first one of the two maybe was the one um, that I would have liked to have seen him put away. But it's not a criticism. You know, all, all high-rated strikers miss chances. You just you just sort of, you, you almost felt like his performance deserved that goal um, and it would have kicked him on. But if that means he's saving it for, for the weekend, then I'm fine with that. But no, he he's he's done really well. And I'll completely 100% hold my hands up and say, you know, when, when the season started before we were even on this incredible run that we're on now, I, I was one of the people that said, you you we're not going to win anything with the as backup like I Mm. I just didn't think he was of a suitable standard and now if I'm honest I think that that argument could be leveled at midfielders more than our forwards because if you can add a I think I think it's why we're so keen on adding a wide forward because we don't want to buy an out and out center forward because that's clearly the role that Mikel has got for Eddie um and even when Jesus was um was in the team when eddie was coming on as a sub he was often playing wide wasn't he so there's clearly a bit of sort of manipulation around eddie's position that he's happy to have and i wouldn't even be surprised to see us playing a two in some games when both are fit but um yeah he he's he worked his, his nuts off and um <laughs> little shout out to ben white who uh audibly congratulated him for that late tackle when he went flying back and uh Took the ball off of um, some Nomad Spurs player in in towards the corner. That was hilarious. Um, ben White's becoming quite the uh, quite the cult figure, isn't he? He's you heard um, him speak. Yeah, very well, nice. no, very I have good. had. He's he's spoken quite a lot. His interviews really are
2: normal.
1: He's notoriously Yanagifurutoft um, has described him as his. That's the one interview. I saw. Yeah, he he's very deadpan. Friend of the pod. Yeah, yes, indeed, ESPN Zone. He doesn't. Um, you know, he's very much a. Uh, They'll ask him a long-winded question, you know, Ben, how do you think the game went? How does it, How's the performance? What do you think of Arsenal's win? And he would be like, yeah, pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, good win. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you going to watch it when you get home? No. No, no not really, no. <laughs> do and you think and, and it's it,
2: – you,
1: you're going to ask you think it's an act?
2: No, I was going to say, uh, do either of you think that it's uh, – well, I do. I mean, I think it's a lot easier for Eddie to replace Jesus, who isn't a goal scorer, than it is to come and replace Aubameyang. Because when Rabamyang mm. was there, we relied on Young for the goals, and if Young didn't play, we didn't score goals. But coming in and replacing Jesus, who maybe scores one in four, when Eddie can score one in four, no problem on average. And I, I think what's that now? He's got four in six. W- would Jesus have more than four in six if we if he played those games? I don't think he would.
1: But I but I think, and I'll ask Carl on this. <clears throat> I think arguably Eddie's come in and done more than we expected him to do. Oh, because 100%. I don't. I don't think any of us thought Eddie wouldn't get a few goals because that's his game. I think the questions we had were: Could he come in and do what Jesus was doing for us? Could he link the play? Could he press? Could he start a press? Could he track back? Could he link the play from and still that playing sort wide? Of, yeah, could, could he do all that? And and he has. And and not only has he he he's clearly sort of been in the gym a bit over the summer or you know in the past eighteen months he's clearly bulked up a bit, but he's he's still got that that little bit of pace he's still got that that explosive energy and i think arguably he looks like a more rounded player now and his runs i've been watching him sort of from an analytical standpoint i suppose but i I quite like when you can't go to games it's quite hard to do this but it's nice watching the footage back and, and you can really see some of the players runs um and it's really interesting looking at heat maps uh It's not that interesting, but it can be interesting if you know the background behind it and seeing sort of where he starts his runs from and and where he drags defenders out of position. So, and I think that's that's also creating a freedom for Odegaard for his best form has come. I don't think it's a coincidence that Eddie's been in the side when when he's really clicked in goals wise. So, um, but yeah, what what do you what do you think of that, Carl? Because you've probably seen him in the flash more than I have.
0: I mean, like you, Chris, I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting much from Eddie um, and I said this in the last sort of podcast I did um, when you're only getting 10-20 minutes here there and everywhere it's very hard to find a, a, a run it's very hard to you know really get your groove like it's it's not easy it's the same as do you remember last year when we didn't play um, Lukonga, or we had a, a set of team and then like Lukonga had to come in and he was cold and everyone was moaning at him saying oh he's not good enough but you know, when you don't play, you don't even get on the pitch for like six, seven games. And then you just thrust into like Crystal Palace away, I think it was, we had a really bad game. That's not easy. Like, it's not easy at all. So for me, the fact that Eddie's coming in and he's hit the ground running is it, it, brilliant for me. Um, I, the way he runs, the way he tracks back, you know, you can tell that that is trained. That's drilled into him. You know, I feel like on the training pitch, I tend to say to him, yes, you're a centre forward but there's no harm in you tracking back. There's no harm in you coming back past the halfway line, go and help out your defenders, fill in. If you see Saka out of position, go and fill in at the uh, right mid and then go and um, turn it around. So I feel like that's really, that's part of not just his game, that's part of everyone's game in the team. And the fact that everyone is doing it, because you saw, even when Gabriel Jesus was in the team, um, he was tracking back as well. So I feel like that is something that, Arteta ingrained in everyone and the fact that he does it and does it so well I mean it's brilliant like you Chris I would have loved to have seen him put away one of the two chances that he had um, because that would have been brilliant and to give him a, a boost as well and you know he didn't do it and hopefully he might do it mm. against Manchester United on Sunday um, but you know the fact that we've seen him come in and play quite well um, and he looks like we'll talk about this probably a bit later but you know the signs that like Gabriel may not even be back this season um, which is being muted. So um, it's something that Eddie's going to have a long run in the team, which I'm really, really happy about. We're not happy, but I'm glad that the fact that he's coming and we we haven't lost any momentum. You know, Gabriel's gone out, um, Eddie's coming, and we've still got the same momentum. We're still winning games. We're still playing in exactly the same way. For me, is really, really good. Um, just brilliant. I wanna just mention that
1: just really quickly actually. Uh, you know, you know me, I, I like to be humble. Um, but I remember when he got the injury and I said we won't see him again this season. I just just that feeling I got and I know a lot of people were like, No, no, you know, he'll be fine, i will be back. And I was like, Nah. That those sort of injuries, um, you know, I'm I'm no Dom, but I think he would have told you as well. Those sort of injuries, you know, around joints, like knees, ankles. You know, the minute they say, "Oh, yeah, it's going to be good lord, what a goal that is," um, they're going to say, "Oh, yeah, it'll be six, six to eight weeks." I always think, right, that's going to be twelve weeks plus because you just on it. you've just got to be so careful, and especially with a player like him, who he is quite explosive and he is quite a, you know, he's he's a very um, energetic player. Like he relies on his speed and his quick movements and turns. The positives are, of course, we I think we saw he posted on social media, didn't he? he posted the picture saying, "I miss you guys." Um, which is quite nice, and him in the gym. So he is, although he's clearly not working with the ball at the moment, he is clearly putting in the gym work. So that's a good a good sign. But um, again, we'll come on to reinforcements. But I would rather we don't rush him. And if Eddie continues to play this way, let's not rush him back. The flip side of that, of course, is what if, you know, <laughs> what if Eddie gets a knock or... And, he he did look for the first time I thought on Sunday towards the end of that game he did look a little bit knackered because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. he's playing a lot of football and and you know when we go back into the Europa League which is you know a couple of weeks away now um, when when Man United have dumped out Barcelona or vice versa of course um, we you know we're <coughs> going to have a lot of games on our hands and if we do progress you know, I know the FA Cup tie is obviously going to be a difficult one but there's a lot of games coming up um, and it, you know it's only a matter of time before. A, one of those key players picks up a knock. And if it's in the forward areas, we've got a little bit of a problem. So that's my only worry.
0: Yes, um, I, I agree. And something that we'll talk about uh, later, uh, Chris, I want to stick with you. I want to talk about a man from Real Madrid called Martin Odegaard. Um. Just how good is he, because I'll be honest with you when he, we got him for thirty five million do you remember that summer we got him, it was people were talking about, oh, we should have got Madison, we should have gone and got James Madison, even I was like, mm, I'm not sure about James Madison, but you can't go wrong with a thirty million pound player because even then you know even what it despite what Chelsea's doing um to get a player of that ilk of 30 million or 35 million i think it was was brilliant business like i know real madrid like needed to sell their players cuz spain was in a, a frenzy um cuz they had no money but he's literally grown into that role and i'm not going to i'm not going to compare him to kevin de bruyne because he's he's not that level yet he's not but my god he's getting there isn't he
1: Mm. He's he's very the the De Bruyne one's an interesting one because um, I think the tendency we all tend to have is we compare him to ex Arsenal players rather than like players at other clubs and and the one that immediately jumps to mind for me is is Fabregas because he's got that sort of he's got that ability to make the game look ridiculously simple um, and something that I always used to love about Sask is if you looked at him sort of in the flesh and on the pitch like. A little bit, same with Santi Cazorla. They weren't like tall, rangy, muscular type of, of footballers. And you mentioned like De Bruyne. He's quite a robust, quite a stocky midfield player. Yeah, yeah he's got a, a turn of pace about him, but he, he's quite a stocky and, and physical um, cam, if you will. Um, Odegaard isn't, isn't really like that, but he is really robust. Like he's, he can take a tackle. Um and he's got a bit of shithousery about him as well, which I really like. And that's that's very much like a Scandinavian way. Do you remember Freddie used to be the same? You know, he wasn't afraid to mix it, wasn't afraid to put his foot in. Uh, even going back as far as Danny, I remember the, the Johnny Jensen days, like those sort of players from from Scandinavian countries at the risk of being um very sort of labelling, they they have that that work rate, that work ethic about them and, and that improvement at levels. I think if you'd have said to me, would we would we have got the player we've got now when we signed Erdegaard? I'd have been like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if he can reach that level. I thought we would have got sort of Rosicky levels out of him. I thought we would have got to that level. Um, but what we're getting and what we've got right now, for me, is the most complete midfielder in, in Europe right now. He just is. Um, and, you know, you can have your, your Modric's and you can have your Kevin De Bruyne's. Um, the De Bruyne I watched at Old draft at the weekend isn't fit to lace Erdegaard's boots right now over the course of the season, different matter. I'm not saying they're on the same level overall, but Erdegaard is just, he's in that, he's in that sort of state of mind right now where everything he does works and he's willing to try everything. You know, he's, his feet, uh, that that ability to change feet um, and seemingly change feet without even, like he he's, he's kind of that chess player. He's three moves ahead before the defenders know where he's going. He, he already knows where the ball's going before he's even received it and he plays with his head up. Brilliant balance. And let's not forget as well, he's the captain of the club. And I know we live in an era where, you know, we don't have the Gerards and the Terrys of this world shouting and bawling at people and, you know, in, in the captain in the old school sense. But he's, he's very well spoken. He's clearly very well respected. He, he clearly understands what Mikel wants. And he puts that across on the pitch. And when you've got his partner in crime Shaka doing the quote unquote dirty work and, and doing that shouting and and whatnot that leaves Erdegaard to just quietly manage the game. Um, And it's so nice to see a player literally, I mean, he ran that game, him and Saka in particular, they just ran that game and Tottenham couldn't handle it. Um, So I I think we're incredibly lucky. It's a snip at the price. And the best part is with that loan deal, and it doesn't always work out like this, but we, got the opportunity to see what sort of a player and what sort of a character he was and having had that experience obviously we were convinced to sign him so yeah he's um he's we're we're very lucky to have him um he's still young The, the best is yet to come but yeah just what a footballer what a player and what a pleasure to have him
2: got a donation carl where is it here it is it's on mute again don't tell him
0: do you know one day one day i'm gonna to learn to take myself off mute. I don't promise. mute yourself you're the you're the
2: boss tonight you you make the rules I've been, I've anyway we got, we got we got 35 south african rand which is one pound 67 from Aya gamidi says the only negative thing i can say about eddie is that his style of play doesn't bring martinelli into the game or give him space as much as jesus well that's something you learn with, with experience
1: sorry, isn't it sorry sorry Aya Gamedes. So I'm sorry Aya. Um I'm pretty sure your name is probably pronounced Gumede. So forgive forgive our Jimmy Savile looking impersonator down there. Um he doesn't have a fucking clue how to pronounce names. And then now
0: then and thank you very much for the <laughs> donations. Talking sir. of
2: Jimmy Savile this thank is what Sean sent her mate on WhatsApp picture of me and the words she sent to her mate my dad has given himself a nonce shave and her mate has replied with a scene from Family Guy and the old man with the walking frame all he needs is a van and some sweets accurate yes got this much. as well Carl look at that Spurs's last five home games in the Premier League <laughs> embarrassing
0: I mean we have to laugh at Tottenham um, yes do you know we what? do it's just, <laughs> just, just an embarrassment of a club like I don't I, anytime Tottenham lose I always like to scroll through a few like Tottenham timelines just to see what they were saying about like, how they view the game and I can't believe I mean <laughs> I mean Chris you would have seen some of the absolute stupid I mean I can't stand people filming themselves at football games I don't have anything against if you want to film the game and you're going to film yourself celebrating that's fine I, I don't care do you know what and it's, you pay, it's you're,
1: not you're, it's not fine
0: but you pay your money, you do what you want. Yeah, like, I'm sure you've seen the two brothers, those two, yeah, donuts who film themselves and they're just. I think when we scored the first goal, it's like, Oh, they've scored, and <laughs> like you can hear the Arsenal <laughs> fans in the, in, in the corner, and they're like, Oh, Loris is shit. he should be kicked out, and blah blah blah. Then when Martin Odegaard scored his screamer, um all there was one guy who I'm so what did my own guy score? What was it? The 35th minute,
1: 35th or something, yeah, around about that, yeah.
0: And people were like, This is guys, walk about. Well, I'm, I'm leaving now, and you're like, Yeah, you, <laughs> they have, and you're like, <laughs> you have no faith in your team whatsoever. Like, in 35 no. minutes, I mean, don't get it wrong, I think Tottenham might have touched the ball maybe 35 times in the 35 minutes, but like, no faith in themselves, and just like things like that make me laugh like and it's just it's it's funny to me because he was filming himself hoping that they could catch themselves celebrating a goal obviously it didn't happen um yeah it's just <laughs> if you film yourself at a football game and then you post it when other teams score you are going to get ridiculed mm. of course you are
1: but do you know like, what's you, do you know what's funny about the you know those two and, and various others is that you look at that sort of situation, and <clears throat> like as I say, I'm I'm less than ten, eight days off being forty, so I'm out of touch, right? I, I accept that I'm not. I, I I don't even know. I don't even know 40. what a TikTok.
2: Yeah, I know. I think you've seven, only just six. gone thirty the first time. About thirty-two, and we met you. Was I? We've seen you I blossom. Thought, I think it might have been younger than that, but even so.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> But but yeah, like I, I'm I, I don't even know what a TikTok is or where you plug it in. I'm that old. I haven't got a clue with all these things. I mean, I only found Twitter like by accident. So um uh, but that aside, like I just think it's like people who go to, to concerts and just watch the entire thing through a camera. And and I've I've been I don't go to Arsenal as much as I would like to, like as you know, I'm sure many people know I live at the arse end of the country and it costs a fortune to get up there and back, and it's a long distance and all that goes with it. But when I go up, you know, I like to take a couple of pictures to remember the day, and I, I actually feel guilty. Like, I actually sort of feel a little bit like, oh, God, should I take a picture? Like, you know, so um, this this sort of, this this modern day thing of, of filming yourself throughout the game, I just don't really get it, and yet there's people online, and I know he's a bit of a meme, <clears throat> but you get people like Mark Goldbridge, who, who actually produces really good content. He's and is actually He is actually quite well-informed, and I know he's a bit cringy, but the thing I like about Goldbridge is he takes the piss out of himself. Right. And if he gets memed or whatever, he, he embraces it. He takes it in. These Spurs fans, like they they genuinely think they're a big club. They genuinely think that. And like, just humble yourselves, you Muppets, you know, like, and, and I know, I know there are other clubs who, you know, like Liverpool, History FC, et cetera. And there's a lot of clubs who think they're bigger than they are, but Spurs, I hate to break this to you guys. You've won fuck all for years now. Like Oh no 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 Chris, they've won
0: the we've finished oh, above the Worthington above Cup, six, sorry. I oh, know we've yeah. finished above Arsenal 6 years in a row. Troy.
1: Oh and, and don't forget the Audi Cup because that's massive.
2: Obviously. But and don't you know, forget if you add up all the points they finished above us on the uh the um, uh, St. Totteringham's day. Oh is yeah, one, two, one, three, one. We're gonna we're gonna wipe that out in one, in one season, and then add some more.
1: But just but just humble yourselves. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if if you, and I know it's a rivalry. And don't get me wrong, I I would never I would never give Spurs credit. They could come to the Emirates and win fourteen nil, and I wouldn't give them any credit at all. I'd find an excuse to blame something as to why that happened. But just you know, don't. Don't keep batting in that corner. Don't keep giving it. I saw like tweets in the morning of the game, like, oh, the end Arsenal's end starts here. Remember what we did to them last May and massive day in the Derby. Here's where we break their spirit. This is like, look at you. Your own fucking manager doesn't want to be at your club. You absolute morons. You know, you, you're owned by a bloke who who literally sits on an island offshore counting his money that he makes from you. You play in a shithole of a stadium that only makes money because it holds NFL and concerts because nobody comes to watch your team. You've won fuck all. You, everything about that club is rotten to the core. But at least own it at least admit that you are the smaller club in North London and arguably the at least fifth biggest London. club in London. You know, and and that's that's the thing that I that's what I can't get my head around. I know we're not massive right now. You know, Our, we are. Our history is what our history is. We are still, you know, we, we still are, hold that record for the Invincibles. Um, but let's make no mistake about it. We haven't won the league for a number of years. And if we do, you know, I still I still can't allow myself to fully believe yet. But if we do win it this year, we are yeah. going to fucking, we're going to go mental. But rightly so. Spurs have got nothing to go mental about. <laughs> can't keep, you know, can't keep lording it. So, yeah, I, I, I like you. I do like to occasionally, you know, whip through a few tweets and have a little chuckle. And um, I do find it hilarious with Conte because he he will, mark my words, you know, he will be gone at the first opportunity he gets. If Juventus form doesn't continue or, you know. Doesn't his contract finish
0: this season? Yeah, but I. It's only 18 months, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's only 18 months. I've got a suspicion that he'll sign a new one, but that won't stop him leaving. The first big job that comes. Do you know who I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up? At Atletico Madrid on uh, uh, Simeone is going to move on he's a perfect fit for a club like that absolutely perfect fit so yeah I just I just don't I just think it's hilarious and and again the problem you the, the problem you do when you even if you have a podcast but particularly when you're filming yourself in a ground like that is you are wide open for clickbait you know you are wide open to have shots poured at you um and when you are the guy who drank the fruity cider and and uh talked about Lanzini, um, you've become a walking meme, you know? And let's not forget we're not immune to this. So I'm just gonna put my hands up there and say we've had our fair share of characters. <coughs> Arsenal fan TV. But um, you know, people like us, I like to think are fairly level headed, um, and I like to think we're fairly humble in what we deliver each week. People like that, I just how must they feel now, you know?
0: God, I miss Steve so much. Lanzini! <laughs> I really do. Um, right, I can't, I'm going to stop talking about Tottenham now because I just want to wrap up the second half. Um, Danny. Um, Danny, I don't mind saying this that I lost some money betting because I betted that Spurs would get a penalty and that bet. Didn't come through, so it's one of those bets that I'm happy to kind of lose. But even in the second half, there was a spell kind of the first 15 minutes where they were trying to grow into the game. But even when they did do that, it was nothing special. Like I was never worried that we was gonna they were gonna score. I think Hurricane had a header. I think Son um, had um, a shot. That was a brilliant save by Ramsdale. Just to touch on that quickly, um, Danny, how good was Ramsdale? I mean, when even when um, a, a team gets man the match and their goalkeeper gets man the match, you think that they were battered, but we wasn't battered. It was just the fact that Ramsdale just made a number of very good saves.
2: I'm just looking at the uh, the stats here, and it says they had 17 shots, we had 14. Um, they had seven on target, we had five. We scored from two of our five, and Ramsdale managed to. Uh, it says here that uh, he blocked or that we we blocked four and we blocked, um, no, blocked six. Now, it doesn't, I don't think it breaks it. Oh, it does break it down. Uh, so it's two, three, four Fratfield players of the six that we blocked. And I think so that means Ramsdale would have blocked three. And I think all three of those, you'd have looked at them and gone, well, maybe another goalkeeper would have let those in because they're um they were fantastic blocks he was up like a salmon and then whenever they tried again he was there he was winding up the crowd as we saw at the end he had uh jay from the in between us come and try and murder him after the game and it's just fantastic to see that someone that good is is playing for us and he is barely out of nappies in goalkeeping terms what is he 23 something like that and he does it all the time and a couple of times that i uh I was oh my ear things come out um, a couple of times when he comes all the way out and he's playing the he's playing remember when Rude Hullet signed for Chelsea and they, they've had this new thing called a sweeper playing in English football it was playing sweeper sweeper keeper and he was coming all the way out and I thought all it takes and and he does that thing where he, he encourages them to attack by holding onto the ball a little bit too long. Now, I don't know. I always think it was his, him being a little bit naive, taking an extra touch with the pass back before he launches it out. I think he does it to taunt them because so far, no one has managed to, um, uh, make, make the most of that this season. I'm not even sure that they did it last season, but it is, uh, He's entertaining, and I can't remember the last time we had. him, Well, probably Jens Lehmann, the last goalkeeper we were here, had that was entertaining. But that's more because he was on, on the spectrum somewhere and was slightly off his trolley a lot of the time. But it is great, and he, he is already one of the fans' favourites. And he's only been at the club what eighteen months, something like and that. He's,
1: and he's another one we took a gamble on, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like the money we paid. I remember, I remember at the time saying, "I just, I'm not sure about this one, Gov." You know. There's a lot of money for for what was largely unproven player who'd been relegated twice. His personality is he's got like the personality of David Seaman, but like you say, the craziness of Jens Lehmann. There's a bit of a combo, isn't there? Um, <laughs> Remember the Seaman, and... Seaman?
2: Seaman gives a wave. Seaman <laughs> gives
1: a wave. <laughs> dare, dare I say he's got a bit of what? And this will be like this will sound like a really really weird reference, but. He's got a bit of what we, what we thought we were getting when we signed Richard Wright. Do you remember when, when he first broke through at Ipswich? He had that sort of commanding presence and he had that lives and life personality. And he was, he was pretty good with his feet before keepers were good with their feet. Obviously, it didn't work out for Richard, but he has a bit of that. Um, and, dare I say, he has that sort of spring of, of, a, of, a, of a meninga. Um, when he came into the team and, and forged himself a really good niche so he's got a lot of combinations of a lot of good keepers that we've had over the years and we've had some bad ones let's not forget but what I also liked picking up on your point Carl, was his he made key saves at key times on Sunday but what he also did was just the simple things really well like towards the end there was a shot which could easily have come back off of him like what I call the David De Gea save where it's just like a limb just shoots out of nowhere and pokes it straight back into the, the the path of an oncoming striker to score. His handling was really good. Um and he he knew when to fall on the ball and just hold it, you know, and there's none of this punching bollocks. He comes for crosses and takes it. Doesn't always work. He has been caught a few times this season, but on the whole he tries to catch things and he brings things in and he and he stops the play and, and he he sort of retains shots. So yeah, I thought he was um it's really weird, isn't it, to give your goalkeeper man of the match when we were so dominant, but it was the, it was the organisation of him as well. And, and he's clearly got a really good relationship with his defenders as well. And, and I think we've, we've done, we've done very, very well to pay what we did now. Um, Because looking back, like I say, I, I wasn't sure, you know, you want to give everyone a chance, but I I was not sure at the time.
0: No, 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 Um, not at all. Yeah. So let's sum up the game. It was uh, a brilliant performance. Uh, by Arsenal it was a dominant performance by Arsenal we've done a double over them first time since again 2014 and you know it's just good to come away to have still have that feel good factor because so many people were saying oh they're not going to beat um, Brighton oh they're not going to beat um Newcastle oh they're not going to beat Spurs you know this run arguably was kind of our hardest run probably of the season the amount of teams that we've got um, and where they are on the table as well. And the fact that we've only dropped points to Newcastle, um, which we shouldn't have done because only because Newcastle, did, you know, playing like Stoke back in the day, just defend, defend, defend. Um, I think it's good. And, you know, we've got Man United on Sunday and, you know, long make this run continue, definitely. Um, obviously, the game had a sour note uh, at the end of it. Uh, Chris, I- I'll come to you. You know, um, so we all know what happened. We all saw what happened. We all saw the pictures. What kind of annoys me, Chris, and what's really, really annoyed me is the fact that Tottenham and their players are getting no blame to this. You know, Tottenham, I mean, yes, the guy's been caught and, you know, he's been charged fully. Um, I'm glad that he's been found and been charged He's got to go to court. I think it's tomorrow, Highbury, um, Crown court. I can guarantee some Arsenal fans will be there. Um, so I think that's brilliant. But the fact that I see like old people like Jim White, and Jim White's a fucking idiot. I can't stand him. Glad he's off Sky Sports. And the fact that he's working for Talk Sports says it all. Um, you know, blaming Ramsdale. And I see, uh, obviously, people like Richard Keys, and he demands irrelevant. But blaming Ramsdale and Arteta <coughs> for getting kicked. Now, even if I didn't support Arsenal... And I'm putting my football hat on rather than my Arsenal hat on. If I supported a different team and I saw a fan or even of Arsenal come down and kick a player, I would be like, What the fuck is he doing? That's out of order. And I would be like, Why isn't the stewards helping? I would be like, you know what I mean? That's what the steward's job to stop people from coming onto the pitch. The guy came from way down, so he was saw that he was trying to do. Um and no one, not one person has mentioned Richardson. Like Everyone is blaming Ramsdale. Everyone is saying, oh, Ramsdale kissed his badge in front of the Tottenham fans. If you're getting called every name under the sun for 90 minutes because, um, you know, where the goalkeeper stands, you've got your home fans either side, of course you're going to give it back. Why would you not? He's a human being. What's he supposed to do? Just being called uh, a C-U-N-T, being called a a nonsense, all sorts of nonsense, all kind of nonsense throughout the whole game. We've won. He's turned around, kissed the badge. And all of a sudden, they're blaming him. Now I, I don't get it, Chris. Like, where do you stand on this? No,
1: I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. It's it's ridiculous that what's come out afterwards. You know, the guy's been caught, and I'm glad so. Um, you you don't enter the field of play. Let's not forget, this is the same. This is the same um, group of fans who threw banana at Abamyang a few years ago. Like they've got previous, you know, this isn't an isolated incident. Okay. Sort of entering the field of play. I think the stewards have got a lot to answer for as well because they, they're just switched off. I mean, you know, he comes through at least three stewards to get there and he's moving at pace. It's pretty obvious what he's going to do. Uh, the fan that is. Um, Richardson is, has always been and will continue to always be a massive cunt. Um, I don't care how much money you give to charity. He's still a, he's still a monumental bellend. You know, that incident with Martinelli. Now, for me, I will say, um, Gabriel, just get on with your own game, mate. Like, you know, save your high fives for your Brazil teammate after the game is what I would say. But I also think he was kind of almost playing with Richarlison at that point because he knew oh, how he in control yeah. we were. Same with the whole control on the back thing. And, you know, Mikael, if that's me on a Sunday morning, frosty Sunday morning down the park, I'm putting him in the hedge. Um, but, you know, when it's your own players, you know, you, you, you sort of do overlook it a bit. But no, you're absolutely right. Um, to use a reference that I'm sure Danny will appreciate, I know it's not the same. But in I'm a, I'm a bit of a geek in the sense that I I have followed professional wrestling for a number of years, and I don't follow it as much now as I as I used to. But there is a, a an unwritten rule in in the wrestling community in in the US, especially at indie shows, but even WWE shows, you know, high end shows. If you jump the guardrail, you are you are fodder whatever happens once you clear that guardrail you are you're there and and there are very famous wrestlers you can go on youtube and you can see this all the way up to people as as big as you know like your john Cena's who've transitioned into the the you know the celebrity um arena if you will if you jump that guardrail you're easy pickings and the security guards will go crack on mate you know because if you, because it's you know football is yes it's a sport but it's it's also an entertainment business. If you go to a you know a concert, um, like I don't know, somebody I'm um, think um, say like a machine gun Kelly or someone like that who's a bit a bit edgy and likes to wind crowds up and and likes to sort of try and rib people. You don't jump on stage and start beating them up. Do you? Like it's, it's part of the performance. It's part of that. And and if if you're going to give it leads, for example one of the most sort of notorious, rough football fan fan cultures. They're known for having fans who are, you know, a bit on the edge of, of behaviour, shall we say. Ramsdale is, is notoriously, or he's well-known as a, as a West Brom boy. Like, he gave he gave them shit. You don't see any of them running onto the pitch, do you? You know, that they, it was what you would call banter. Um, and like you said, Carl, if, if you're going to sit in the stands and you're going to hide behind your your phones or whatever, and you're going to give it all that and this, and you you can, you, I'm sorry, you've got to take it. You have to take it. Just like if you come in a stream and you're toxic or you, you know, you go to your Sunday league game, whatever. If you're going to be like that, you've got what's coming to you. And you can't, you can't turn that back on the player. And as for Arteta being at at fault, what? (laughs) Like he was one of the few people immediately he was on the pitch trying to get our players away because he could see what was coming, um, and he could also see Granite Shaka moving into the, um, the <laughs> arena. <and I> think, <laughs> you know, I think we all know what would have happened if Granite had got hold of him. But yeah, you know, Spurs are bad losers. They got completely outplayed on their own on their own pitch. They couldn't hack it. Richarlison was was a bag of wind before he even got onto the pitch. He was looking for a fight. Um, if the FA don't charge him, there is something seriously wrong because he puts his hands in Ramsdale's face. Ramsdale, I thought, actually held himself very well and just, no, that's fine, mate. He d- he's intentionally going, that's fine, mate. Keep putting your hand in my face. I'm just gonna go and get my bottle. You know? Um and and as I say, to to use that wrestling analogy, if you cross that that field of play, you know, you're you're a, imagine if that had happened in Cluffy's era. You know, he'd have been absolutely battered, like <laughs> as the footage for has been shown from from Cluffy in the past. But I know it's not the eighties anymore, and I know that we have to be Civil to each other, and we have to be, you know, careful with what we say and what we do. But if you're going to give it, you've got to take it. And I'm sorry, but a player just just giving it a bit of that and a little bit of that, nah, come on. Do you remember when Sheringham scored at Highbury and kissed his Man United badge in front of the front of the north, uh, front of the yeah, clock end Nothing happened then. Nothing happened then. We called him a lot of very choice words, and rightly so because <laughs> he is one. But <laughs> that's it, you know. End end of story. Um And that's that's that. So yeah, you, you've got to you you just you've just got to be an adult and this guy is what 35 35? 35 year old man i mean come on mate jesus christ like i wouldn't do that outside a pub let alone in a, in a sports arena where there's thousands of cameras absolute idiot and and is completely at fault for, for for i think he causes that personally
0: of course Can't he does a donation again mm. I, I know uh, rudy roods um, said gave us 10 pounds and says, uh, love the pod, up the Arsenal. Rudy rude thank you very, very much. Thank Danny, you. You Thanks, know, Rudy. Danny, I was thinking, um, I should have said this to you on WhatsApp, if my WhatsApp ever fucking works. Um, we should do a Discord for some of the fans or the, the lovers of the pod. You
2: we know we've yeah, got we a Discord, talk.
0: don't you? Um, do we? <laughs> Feels, <laughs> in it? Danny's clearly
2: promoted that really well. Yeah, yeah the only ones who ever really used. there's about fifty right. people in there. It's only me and Josh, and well, I don't use it. I mean, I should do. I don't yeah, really understand that. how it works. It's like it's same as WhatsApp, but without mm. giving out your number.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've got. To... I'm in one for a stream, but not not for an Arsenal one. But I, yeah, it's very confusing to
2: me. I don't have even know. Mm. Uh, I'll we'll put it in lot. the in, in the chat if anybody wants to
0: use it but no worries. it's just one more bit of social media that gets on my nerves I'll oh, stop <laughs> moaning but thank you, Rudy much appreciated um, um, that, Danny that'll keep
1: Danny in Tuna for another month, Rudy
0: so thanks <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny, do you think that is the way the media portray Arsenal I mean, you've known um, you've been watching Arsenal longer than we have and I, t- I tweeted something from the pod account I saw a video of George Graham um talking to the Arsenal fans, and I think it was back in, obviously, the eighties. I think, and I think it was after the Man United fight um, when, uh, yeah. I think we, when we had been interdicted. Yeah, and I think it was that. The Battle then,
2: of Old Trafford.
0: Yeah, yes. and uh, George Graham was saying, "Look, the media hate us. They, you know they are, but all we got to do is keep playing your football, and we'll win. And don't worry about all the other. You know, he, he was saying like literally." Don't worry about everything you'll stick. I'll take it. I'll take it on. You just go out there and play your football. And, and anybody who hasn't seen it, go to the pod account and you'll see it. Um, and I thought that was, I don't think it's the first time I've seen that video, but I thought it was a really good video of, you know, a manager just saying, don't worry about whatever the media write about you. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine the Battle of Old Trafford now with social media flipping? Oh, they would have flipped out. But Danny, as it's always been a thing that, the media just hate us or like, is it fairly new from the eighties? Like, I don't know. Like it just seems that, you know, even from my era, from watching football, from Ian Wright days, I mean, they've always hated Ian Wright for some unknown reason. They hate me. The fact that we had foreign players, Um you know, I know that Man United, they Man United were media darlings. And because it was Arsenal versus Manchester United all the time, it was literally, you know, they hate Arsenal, and we had a foreign manager, Arsene Wenger, coming in. Um, why is it, or has it always been like this that the media hate Arsenal?
2: I'm going to use a little bit of history here. If you go on Twitter and you find, uh, just put, just type in Arsenal history. There's a bloke called Mark, and there's a bloke called um, Andrew, and they are the, the history, the history expert, Mark Andrews. And, uh, oh, i got the fucking names mixed up. I was reading one of their books, and the gist of it is, when the Football League first started in 1888, I think it was, the very first season when Preston did the Invincible, when there was only um, eight, ten teams in the league or something like that, all of the teams were Northern. And this went on and on and on. And they only uh, – I think the gist of it was that they had to then have a second division – Because there was London, uh, Southern teams wanting to go in it. And Arsenal were one of the first Southern teams to go in it. And, uh, you know, like there's two types of rugby. You've got the, the, I think rugby league is Northern and rugby union is Southern or one of the other way around. One was invented for the Northerners and one was invented for the Southerners. uh, Some of that happened with football. And so there's always been an inbuilt thing of hatred towards the Southern clubs. And as we were one of the first proper southern clubs and we were one of the first ones to win stuff, I mean, we would go back to the 1930s with Herbert Chapman, took him off of Huddersfield and he won three titles in a row with us or two and a half because he died during the third season, the third title run and someone else took over. And there's always been a begrudging hatred because the powerhouse of football has always been the northeast and the northwest. Newcastle, Sunderland, and then on the other side, Everton, Liverpool, Man United, Man City, and things like that. So they've always disliked us. And you go and have a look at where all the referees come from. I think I've got the I've still got the low thing on here, yeah. Look, that's where the referees are from. There's no one within a hundred miles of London in any direction, possibly. I'm, I'm guessing that's a hundred miles. Yeah, there's, there's only one down yeah, I don't know how far away Bristol is. This I don't go out anymore. But you can see from that people at home and on the toilet and on and taking the dog for a walk, uh, you've got the Liverpool area and there's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven within that area of, of Liverpool. And you've got two in the northeast. you've got three in the Midlands-ish, you've got three in Bristol. And I think there's one, it says, for London, but it doesn't say who it is. But all of them, they're all in the north. I mean, it says here, one London, two Brighton, three Southampton, four Oxford, seven Cambridge. I <clears throat> I can't believe that there is that many that must be including um um fourth officials and linesmen and all that other stuff.
0: Yeah, but for London to
2: have a number 1 next to it, how about how many clubs there are? Well hold on, in Liverpool there's two, three, in Manchester there's two, in the northeast there's three, in London, what is it, 25, 20, something like that. I mean, Chris, you've probably got something to say about that.
1: I mean, it I I think I think some of it is referees some of it is I, I, I feel like I feel like a lot of pundits and a lot of um, so-called professional media outlets are gonna have to eat a lot of humble pie if we were to win this league um, they've already had to a lot and, and I think a lot of a lot of media have a real problem with that they, they have a real difficulty in just doing the simple thing and admitting they were wrong um, we saw it kind of during the Leicester season as well but then that turned into this sort of fairy tale when everyone got on board in the end but um yeah I I just I I think I think a lot of people are going to get very upset if Mikel Arteta is is able to do laps of the pitch um during the final game of the
2: season if we're winning the title you know him streaking across the pitch where is our last game of the season do you know to take it it hasn't been arranged (laughs) yet I think we're at home,
1: aren't we?
2: I'm According to we're at home to Wolves, and then Wolves. before that, we're away at Forest. Home to Brighton, yeah. So I mean, three games. That would be two. lovely. I mean, it'll be wrapped up by then because we're we're massive.
1: But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just think that there's a lot of, and I know that like Gary Neville's got a lot of stick recently, and you know, I wouldn't say I'm a Gary Neville fan, but on the whole. Um, he's got a fairly level-headed side of him. And I, I do think, we'll touch on Man United, I guess, in a bit, I do think we have to be wary of them. The, the thing with Man United, and Newcastle, though, for me, is that I don't think their squads are particularly good. One big injury, you could say the same about ours in fairness, but having one big injury to one of their key players, I, th- I think, you know, you look at Newcastle's results the last few weeks, they've dropped off a bit. United are on this great run at the moment, but I'm still not convinced and they haven't really played anyone until Saturday, which obviously they um, got a goal which was offside, so that was nice. But uh, and there's your your officiating Old Trafford again. You know, I think someone made the point. What imagine <laughs> what the reaction would have been if Man City had scored that goal at Old Trafford? would have been a fucking riot, and all the officials would have been fired. So um, yeah, the, the referees thing is definitely is definitely a thing. Um, whether any referees are actually biased, I mean, who the hell knows. But I, I just think we would be, I think we'd be very popular title winners to neutral football fans, but I think we're going to be very unpopular title winners to the media and, and those who've, you know, basically wrote Arteta off, um, wrote the club off, wrote Edu off, you know, wrote a lot of the signings we've made off. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people thought we were we were finished um, in that in that really dark season that we had. So um, to come back and and topple the almighty. Uh, oily merchants um, I don't think would go down very well in the media and that's why I think there's this little bit of an agenda against us personally but and maybe just some people are just very bitter as well that's the other thing you've got to factor in um, you know your Richard Keyses, for example um, anyone who thinks he hates Arsenal don't don't waste your breath he doesn't hate Arsenal He he's he knows what he's doing he knows that's exactly what he's doing yeah he knows that's all he is. He, exactly that he is the modern day adrian durham and i don't know where he is now he's probably cleaning loose somewhere in tottenham but um yeah i mean you know that's that's all for effect that's all it is and you can tell by the jason mcateer i think was with him and andy gray yeah. neither of the neither of them went oh yes richard absolutely you're both of them sort of cringed and went oh, yeah should we move on you know none of them none of he, even keys himself doesn't believe what he's saying it's, it's utter nonsense um so yeah, I, I don't know about a bias or a whatever. And quite frankly, I think I'm. I think you're the same as me on this one, Carl. If they want to, they want to hate, let them hate. We'll just keep winning football matches. Doesn't bother me at
0: all. And that's what you do. All you can do to really punish them, just keep winning, because what will happen? You'll see, Chris. It will turn from Arsenal are not going to win the title to Arsenal can't lose this title.
1: Yeah. That
0: that's, what that's what's going to happen very, very soon. And mm-hmm. if for some reason, you know, Man City do win the title and we don't win the title we end up second or third or whatever, you're going to see that Arsenal blew the title. Now, trust me when I say to you, I still don't see on Twitter anybody saying that we are going to win the title. Nobody is saying that. Everyone is cautiously optimistic because, yeah, but you don't count. Um, <laughs> but for me, like, still... Top four is a priority. I, I, I still honestly think that top four is the main priority. If we can win a trophy in that, brilliant. I mean, I know we're away to Man City in the yeah. FA Cup, um, which is obviously going to be a, a very tough tough task, but we're still in the Europa. And of all the Europa League teams, uh, once, you know, whoever wins out of Manchester United and um, and Barcelona you know once whoever goes out there I think that's the half of the job done and I'm not saying we're going to clean sweep it but you know we don't there's not many tough teams that I would be scared of so for me it's um I think our destiny is in our own hands of course it is, because if we keep winning games we're going to win the title of course we are
1: we uh, we we'd, we'd be gutted let's let's be honest like all three of us and I'm sure people in the chat and anyone who's watching this later on we will be gutted if we don't win it at this point, because we're, Yeah, you know, I think if we've had this conversation in like late October, November, we were all on the same train. Well, yeah, top four, you know, and I'm with you, Carl. I still think if we were to finish fourth tomorrow right now, it would still be a massive achievement, like not just in that we're back in the Champions League, but how the team plays, the signings we've made, the togetherness, the bonding of the club, um, you know, all the renovations we've done, all these things, are all massive steps forward. The identities back. I thought it's quite interesting to see that identity thing in the dressing room, um, in some of the pictures, like when the players are celebrating. It's it's so massive this identity thing, and we've got such a a group of players who are together. But we're at that point now where, even if you're like me and you're sat on the fence, going, I still, I still can't quite believe yet because I because I kind of just don't want to. And never have I ever sat and thought about that moment in fever pitch when, um, when Colin Firth is in the pub and he's like, he's talking to what's the chap's name? Mark Strong, isn't it? Yeah. When he's in, when he's in the beer garden and he's like, they'll fuck it up. They'll always fuck it up. I know we'll fuck it up. It's <laughs> Arsenal. We we know they're going to fuck it up, but we might win the fucking league, you know? And it, and it's, it's very much like that. Like, you know, we're almost pinching each other now. We're not pinching ourselves, we're pinching each other going but we, we might actually win this league. And I think by the time, if we actually do, by the time we do, we'll convince ourselves so much, we're not going to, that we won't know how to celebrate it. So, but but to your point, Carl, it's still, that top four is massive. That Europa League is winnable, by the way. Um, and if you said to me, you have to lose 17-0 in the FA Cup, I'll take it, I'll take it now. No problem. You know, if that's if that's the one we have to chuck, fine. But, um, but, yeah, I just think that we, we've come so far, so, so far, it would be gutted to end up with nothing. But in the cold light of day, much like last season was so gutting, in the cold light of day over the summer, we all regrouped and went, we can go again. And I think a few people have made this point on a few other podcasts, but I want to echo it. We're not we're not Leicester. This isn't, I genuinely think we're building something here. We're not, this isn't just a one-season title push I genuinely think we're gonna be up there for a number of seasons now if we carry on doing what we're doing and you know, keeping the right players and extending contracts for the players that we're you know, we're building the squad around. I really think we're here to stay. Um and it's been a, a
2: long time since you've been able to say that. True. Uh we had another donation from um Aya. But we'll ask, answer that question when we come to questions at the end of the show, just so you don't think we're ignoring you. We've had people come and join in our Discord, cri- um, uh, Carl. There's a, I'm, I'm in it now. I've put the, the code in the chat. If you want to, I'll, I'll read the code out in case anyone's at home. Where is it? I did have it here. If you want to come and join the Discord, the code is 7M, capital A, capital W, 6, capital Z, capital H. Just put that in and you can come and join our Discord. I think there's about um, about a million people in there at the moment. <laughs> yeah about midnight i think we've got about 50 or 60 people very nice and, So at the moment there's mr Bob Lex and rudy roods are in there
1: and if you do join um i hate to be that guy but just just respect everybody's individual views because you know there will be some people that might not see things the way you see it and vice versa so play nice people
2: actually i've got just it because. wrong rudy roods has given us the link carl i'll put the link in there you, you need the link as well as the the code so uh yeah, there you go. Gone Carl, sorry.
0: You're numpty. It's have done it, isn't it? Um no, yeah. Um as normal, we just uh respect everyone and just everyone hashtag fuck this every day, even if it's not in it. But so. but
2: if you are new to our Discord, we have one saying in there only the strong survive. If you have a problem <laughs> with anybody, you you take it outside of a knife fight. We don't do any of that. Oh, someone's upset me. Tough, deal with it as mean as you want but also don't annoy Carl. Are you in it Carl? No I'm going
0: to join it uh, in a second Uh but anyway um, I guess we need to talk transfers uh, before we talk Manchester United. Um, I guess we're going to talk about the uh, elephant in the room and not Danny. Um, We are going to talk about Mahalo Mudric. Now Let's not be, let's not beat ourselves around the Bush. It is a we've missed out on him. Of course we have. And for some unknown reason, I feel like some of the gettable clauses that um that the selling club are talking about is writing a puff piece in various media outlets regarding the deal. Now they can put all what they want. I think we all know what happened. Chelsea went in there like a bull in a china shop, and said to Shakhtar, "Name your price." Shakhtar named their price. Chelsea paid it. As far as it is, that's what happened, and they um, got it. We have to understand that Arsenal have a budget. We're not we're not just going to frivolously spend. I think che- you're going to find out soon, and I honestly think that the Chelsea will get done for um, overspending because. They have spent nearly half a billion this bloody year alone, and and nothing, and nothing's happened. it's ridiculous. Not this year, sorry. I should say this season. That's ridiculous. Like the amount of money they spent, and they haven't got that oil oligarch money anymore. And this guy, um, this guy, that's um, totally, Tom, yeah, totally. He ain't as rich as um, the previous owner. There's no way he is. So. You know, smart accounting and what they're doing. You're gonna, you're gonna. I think you'll find out soon. And they're not. They're definitely not going to get Champions League football this season. That's a hundred percent certain. So that Champions League money from probably next season is not going to come in. um and Woodrich doesn't seem happy to be at Chelsea. You know, and I know people read a lot into certain things, but even when he was taking his pictures, he didn't seem happy on Instagram. You know, this guy was literally bending over and saying, um, have a sign to his anus and inviting Arsenal in there. And we didn't enter. Chelsea did. Now, I'm sure as all of us, especially Chris, like, we've been out on a drunken night out and you've seen a girl in a club and you thought, I'm going home. It. Okay, when he's got lactic acid and he's, you know, he's muscles <laughs> he <laughs>
1: on the Red and, Bull.
0: And you've seen a girl and you think, I'm going around with her. And then you wake up in the morning and you think, what the hell happened there? I'm yeah, so that's, drunk, us- but-
1: that's usually when she presses the charges, I find. Uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's what's happened. And he wanted to come to Arsenal. I, personally, I think just wanted he wanted out of Shakhtar. I think that was the main thing. He wanted to leave. He's now got his big money move. Uh, he's gone to Shakhtar and a lot of people are blaming him I don't blame him Chris the reason why is if another club the club that you want doesn't come in for you or won't pay the money and another club does come in for you and doubles the wages that the other club agreed with you surely you're going to go to that club so I don't blame the player at all do you? No,
1: No, I'm I'm absolutely 100% with you and I've seen a lot of what aboutery from our fans since this has happened, and a lot of people saying, "Well, you know, well, we didn't want him anyway." Oh, shit, uh, I'm gutted. Like I, I am. I'll I'll completely hold my hands up. I I think he is going to be a a generational talent. I really do. I, I think he's got so many attributes. Now I know there was this argument of, you know, is he worth seventy million? You know, players are worth what their owners sell them for. That's it. Like it, it doesn't matter what you or I think doesn't matter what the internet tells you or transfer marked or whatever, you know, you know, they are worth what the club will pay. And unfortunately, you know, Chelsea are that classic. Um, yeah. They're that classic sort of playboy who's gone into a strip club and, you know, spunked in his trousers before he's even got to the bar. Like that. They are just, they're just all over the place and they're just throwing. You know, I wasn't joking earlier on. They've got about nine forwards and Bamiyang. So, like, I don't know what's going to happen there. You know, I don't know how they're going to move players on. They've got players now that are... Like, they, they could have sold Pulisic, for example. He's injured. Like, there's so many Sterling the same. You know, that's been a disaster of a transfer. They paid way over the odds for Cucurella, whose form's gone off a cliff. Like, they've got an ageing de- defence at some average age of about 73 or something stupid. But all that aside, I think you're spot on. I think Mudric was clearly clearly wanted to play for Arsenal. Um from what they're I don't know how much to believe about what they're you know what the president or the um CEO of Shakhtar has been saying. But apparently according to him, Arteta and Edu have been talking to Mudric for months. I, I, I believe that. I absolutely believe that. Um as much as as much as I love Mikel Arteta, I bet he's a fucking pain in the ass if you're if you're a player he's trying to sign. Because it's like you can imagine it goes over to his wife it's like, oh I might get an early night and then the call comes from the other room. Mikhail, what's that love? It's that, that Spanish bloke. Who get off oh, for fuck's sake. All right. Yeah. All right, Mikhail, how you doing? Yeah, lovely day. Yeah. Training good. Yeah. 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 Still wanna come. Yeah. Yeah. Speak to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow? In an hour? Uh okay. All right. No worries. Like you you can imagine he, he would have been, you know, rat up a drain pipe. And and I think with Arteta, I think he is part of his signings are clearly he clearly like sells Arsenal he he clearly gets it and he he's so passionate about the club I think that his passion will come across in deals that he does for players and I think that's the key reason why we got the Ramsdales the Ben Whites etc so you know that's not a criticism I'm just saying that it, I imagine it would be bloody annoying if you're on the end of it but they clearly flirted with him he, he clearly flirted back I think I think if you sat him down with a gun to his head now he'd still tell you he wanted he wants to play for Arsenal Um, This Instagram post he put up today saying Ukraine first, I know a lot of people have jumped on that. Um, That's probably him sort of bantering back and forth, I would imagine. But yeah, he he is Chelsea got a a brilliantly talented player. Uh, And the bottom line is exactly what you have said there, Carl. Um, Shakhtar named their price. Chelsea came in with with their pants around their ankles and their knob flapping in the wing going, "Okay, we'll play whatever you like as long as I can fuck you up." And that's what <laughs> happened. Like that's literally what happened. Um, word I'll for never word. <laughs> I'll never do that again. But but that you know they 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 have. That's what they've done. They've they've come in and and they they've done whatever Shakhtar have asked them to do. They've fallen to their knees and and taken it. And you know. <sighs> I don't respect it. I think it's bad for football. We're going to see it more and more. You know, we're going to see it with with other owners and other clubs around the world. Um, you know, PSG have been doing it for years. Um, it's not good for the game. But ultimately, I do have faith that we will we will strengthen where we can if we can. Um, and I do think we need to. I really do. I, I think it'll be a really. I do think it'll be a missed opportunity if we don't strengthen, even if it is just too not lesser players, but players maybe who aren't on the £100 million scale. But if we can get a couple for 30 million in this window, I think that would be really key. And as Avon's just put on the um, on the screen there about other players we've been linked with, not many of them have done much since they got their fabled move that they wanted. is annoying. Yeah.
2: Is, um, Juventus got spanked, was it 5-1 by um, yeah,
1: yeah, by Napoli.
2: Napoli.
0: Yeah, Napoli now. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, and the same with Rafinha, who... By the way, That's I'm going to play record again. again. I wasn't a fan of... I'm still nope. not a fan of because I saw a lot of him at Wren. He had a great season for Leeds, I'm not denying that, but he's not what everyone thought he was. We should never have been in at the price we were in for. I'm glad we didn't get him then. Um, and I'd rather have a Ferran Torres over him personally. But, yeah, um, I just there's a very long-winded response to your question there, Cal, but I think you were absolutely spot on. I, st- I still think he would love to have been part of the Arsenal project, but... it. <laughs> He's got to think of his family and he's got to think of his future. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the reason why, you know, there's so much money in this deal for like Ukraine, etc. cetera. Um, he strikes me as a very level-headed chap and, he, and he's clearly looking at securing his future and his family's future. And I don't blame him for that.
0: Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like it's still atrocious what's going on in Ukraine. and I'm sure you know this big money move just wanted to get him his, him and his family out of ukraine and he's done that now um and you know i know chatpat said that some of the transfer fees going to go towards the effort and helping uh fight the russians in, in ukraine and that's commendable um i don't blame him i don't i don't blame the player in the slightest um but like you chris i think it's a missed opportunity if we don't strengthen even if we get someone in on loan i feel like we do need another strike. And even if it's, do you know what, even if it's a a striker out of left field who is sitting on a bench somewhere just to bring him on loan because let's be honest and I feel probably now's the time to talk about it and you mentioned it before, Chris, I don't think we're going to see Gabriel Jesus this season again. You know, um, I think Mikel Arteta has muted it that, you know, it's it's a very long road and we're not going to rush him to me, that does that, that scream that we're not going to see him again this season. And yes, although you see the pictures of him, like maybe with a ball, he is very, very far off from probably even training outside because he's got to build up that strength. So, you know, Dom was probably the best person to uh, talk about this, but he's got to do so much strength work to build up his knee. And then he's got to start running again. And then he's got to start running and turning. Then he's got to start with a football Then he's got to get his fitness back and then he's got to be able to take a challenge because let's be honest with you, the first team he plays, what's the first thing they're going to do? Stick it up him, no matter who it is, because they're going to want to test to see how it is. So he is a very, very long way away from entering a football pitch to play for Arsenal first team. And I can't see that happening this season. And I think we're vulnerable in so many positions. Um I think if Thomas Partey gets an injury, you know, the likes of either Sambi Lokonga or Mohamed El Nene coming in, it kind of does strike me with a little bit of fear. Like, it really, really does. Because I think now Sambi's been given enough opportunities that I think we're kind of down the road where maybe he's not good enough. Maybe he needs a loan. I would love to see Sambi go to Burnley on loan and work with... um, company company absolutely Mm. love that but how squad how thin this squad is right now we can't afford that we just can't afford to put him out on loan just to see what he can do unfortunately so you know I would love to get a loan in from I don't know somewhere and I know we've been linked with a few centre midfielders and I know we've been linked with uh, some strikers Um, for me Danny what do you think the key position is do you think it's uh, a striker or a midfielder. Because let's face it, if Eddie gets injured, we have no striker. We have n- no striker whatsoever. But I guess if Partick gets injured, we can bring in the likes of Lukanga or bring in El Nene uh, to play, or even um, Smith Rowe to come in. So, is it more an, is it more an attacker or a certain midfielder that's more important?
2: Well, if you have to look, if, if someone gets injured, who are we most knackered by? Well, I think if Ramsdale gets injured, Turner's a half-decent player. We've got cover at centre-back, left-back, right-back. Xhaka could go and play the DM again if Party got injured, and I think he'd, he'd do an OK job now that he's a reformed character. If Xhaka got injured, then Erdegaard can play a little bit deeper and possibly do the Xhaka role. And we're blessed that we have got Martinelli, er- Erdegaard, Saka, and Smith-Rowe. They can all play in any one of the front four positions. So if Saka, if um, Eddie did get injured, then I, quite, I mean uh, uh, um, Smith Rowe has played in the striker position. When he came on at the weekend, I think they said that he played in the striker position. When he was a youth player, I think he, he played more in the attacking role like that. But any of them, I mean, would you be? Would you think at the end of the world if if we if Saka started the game up front? You got someone who can score goals. All of them score goals. All of them create. All of them assist. That is a football manager's wet dream, having four players at the front that can just convey a belt, rotate to any position. So I would, I would say it is a, a long-term replacement that can do the, the party and the Jacker role that is happy to do both of those. For me, that would be Jude Bellingham. But I mean, if we're going to spend eighty, if we're going to spend 80 million pounds on a bloke that has done nothing for his country in eight games, that has only made his way into the Shakhtar first team because all the Brazilian got free transfers because of the war and are uh, all buggered off. And he's only had one, he's only had two half seasons at Shakhtar, and suddenly he's worth all that money. No, I never wanted him, didn't like him, I don't like it. You've got in last season in Europe, he didn't really do much. This season, he's having a really good season for them. But how many players have come to the Premier League on the back of three quarters of a good season and failed? Many of them. That bloke isn't going to work out there it's like when they went and bought Havertz and they went and bought um, the American up front and then they got that other one from Germany that has gone back they're just a club that just rotates shit players I mean players that come there play shit and then they get rid of them again you know like, like Man City like Chelsea did before with De Bruyne and, and uh, who was the other one that they had Lukaku and all these other ones Chelsea are just a club though. the kids with all the money and the toys Man City do it properly Chelsea just go, oh, it's my new thing. I want to spend an absolute bloody fortune. So, but yeah. even Man City haven't really. I mean, you couldn't say Grealish has
1: been a hundred million pound player, could you? No. And, and I, I don't think Calvin Phillips has has done a thing really since he's been there. He might do, but the and, and ironically, Nathan Ake is now getting in ahead of Ruben Diaz. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that the, the just if you don't mind me chiming in on this as well, The the problem we have now is we we've to use a crass term because that's what i'm all about we've flopped our 12 inch on the desk already everyone knows we're packing and the problem (laughs) now is the problem now is that every agent um good or bad across europe is going to try and flog us players for exorbitant fees because they know we've got the money the flip side to that is that we didn't ultimately pay what we were asked we you know we didn't match chelsea so that all hold us in good stead. The, I was watching the the transfer show on the one that Sky put out on the documentary earlier on, first episode of that, and what really came across in that documentary, we've seen quite a few of these before, but it really hammered home in that documentary that a lot of these agents, um, good or bad agents, and you know, make your own mind up who's good and who's bad, but they're all out there to push their clients to, um, to achieve as much as they can so that they get the biggest payday they possibly can. And I think there was a line in, in this documentary I agreed wholeheartedly with where they said, look, at the end of the day, no matter how good a player is, every single transfer is a gamble. I think Jurgen Klopp said the same recently. Like, you can bring in one player and it can transform your season or it can finish your season. You know, you, you, can, you can make, I think Steve Parrish said it in the documentaries, like, you know, you've got to find a player that fits the dressing room, but also fits the brand of the club. Also, you know, you know, isn't going to fall out of a nightclub at 3am, you know, that you know is going to be good enough for press conferences, that you know is going to represent you in the correct way, as well as do all those things on the pitch. There's all these things you have to do. And we've got to be, you know, Arteta, I think, has got that down. I don't think him and Eddie would sign a bad egg. They spent a long time.
2: He's died. Are you Carl123 in the Discord, Carl? Well, how we've many other cars a, are they going got a to be tr- here? Say that again, Chris. Your internet stopped how about many... twenty seconds ago.
1: Oh, sorry, I did freeze there. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, no, I was just saying. I, I, I think we've got to be very careful in what what we now still do. We've got the advantage in that it's the seventeenth of January. This didn't happen on deadline day. Um, we've got time to still have a look at the market, and at the risk of upsetting all the orniphobes, I think since he's gone to Athletic, he's a massive fraud. So don't rely on him saying that we're not actively looking at other targets since Madrid, because we are. Like, we, we just are. Um, I wouldn't say I know that for a fact, but I know that for a fact. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I talk to enough people who know these things. Um, we are in the market, and there's a couple of players that, that shall I just say, have come to light in the last 24 hours that that the, the, the rumours are, are very real. Like, we are actively looking at things but whether we get those players or not, I don't know. But what I would say is there's the injury side of it, yes. And I agree with what you said, Danny. We've got a lot of players who can now rotate. I don't actually think it's about cover at this point. I think it's about you've got what's working now is brilliant. Why not add even more to it? You know, why not make it even better? And um, Sir Alex Ferguson always used to say this, he's like, he did this with his assistants, didn't he? Oh, I've got the best assistant in the world, but two years later, I'm going to replace him because I have to keep it fresh. You've got to keep, got to keep bringing new players in. You yeah, know, we, have we had Kieran Tierney. We had Kieran Tierney, who's one of the best left backs. You know, going when we bought him, but what did we do? We went out and got Sinchenko because he's better. Like I love Kieran Tierney, but Sinchenko is just better. So you you always have to try and go out and buy better players. And if you've got someone like Encatiere or Martinelli or um, you know Saka. Um, they're not going to will under that pressure. You know, Saka didn't look at it and go, oh God, we've signed a Bammyang and Lacazette. Oh, I'll just start. Oh, oh, I don't fancy this. He worked harder. He got better. And now he's, you know, a full international and and, and our, one of our best players. It, it drives players to further success. You're not going to upset Granite Xhaka or Thomas Partey if you bring in a Uri Tiena. You're not going to upset one of the forwards if you bring in an extra forward to compete because they're all going to look at it and go, Christ, if this guy comes in and makes 30 tackles between now and the end of the season, or this guy comes in and gets us seven to eight goals that gets us over the line, that's better for us, you know? So you while you're riding the crest of a wave, you've got to keep on top of it. And that's why our business is really important. I still think we will bring in one, maybe two. Um, I just don't think they'll quite be in... I don't think they'll be... I think Arsenal are... I think Arsenal are being very clever right now. I think they're briefing the press that nothing's happening because they don't want the same situation to happen again and they don't want Chelsea to copy our homework for the 15th time this season.
0: I mean, you talk about being briefed to the press. Obviously, someone briefed the press yesterday uh, in the fact that we're apparently going after Declan Rice in the summer. Now, that was definitely someone briefing the press because every single journalist ran with it. So... Hmm. Whoever that came from, we don't know. Um, whether it came from the club, the player itself. Simon Collins.
1: No, I'm, I'm joking. Um, I'm joking. I'm
0: joking.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to throw Simon under the bus.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, we don't know who breathed the press. But it was very it was very calculated. Um, I guess that the likes of me, you, Josh and Femi was all thinking the same thing where, hold on, they're talking about players in the summer and, um, is this now a ruse that we're not going to get anyone in January so we can now focus in on the summer so it gives us something to look forward to? It's like after a loss, all of a sudden a new kit gets launched. You know, was that, was that this sort of thing, Danny? Like, do you think that's the reason why it was leaked?
2: I've, I have really no idea about transfers. I don't... i go as far as to say it irritates me. People make their back on... I mean, Mike Feinberg from the Gooners podcast made a character up called the gerbil and he was making stuff up and he was being quoted in papers and online and people were thinking he's an official source. And that bloke, the only source he is would be uh, some kind of moldy mayonnaise. And so the whole thing is just a game. And it's not like it used to be where people would give genuine insight. It's become now where people won't, if they know anything, they don't say anything. And so until it's tweeted by the club, or by the ornstein or, or people of that level i don't believe it i don't read it i'm not interested in it uh, i'm just bored with the whole transfer thing because it's just a it's just a way of upping your reputation online because 12 year olds are going to believe you and follow you and it just irritates me i've made you a mod on there now carl on the you're now red
0: Ah, oh, lovely um chris there are many people that we've been linked with um, and there's a few in Germany and France. Is there anyone that we've been linked to that kind of excites you a little bit? Because I've seen the likes yeah, of like well, Marcus Turam.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, firstly, I don't think that's going to happen. So we can probably rule that one out purely because Bayern Munich are quite keen, and he, we all know Bayern are quite key, are quite good at the old free agent with large wages, which is what Turam's going to be at the end of the season. So. Wouldn't be surprised to see him go there. Um, the 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 one that the one that has come out of post Mudric and it it's got a bit of steam today. Um, and and that I kind of had a little bit of a a sweep around people I know on Sunday to ask them about this as well is is Mar- is um, is Moussa Diaby because he ticks a lot of boxes of what we're kind of looking for. Um, I actually didn't realize that he is still only 23, which is very much the Arteta kind of profile of of age. He can play anywhere across the forward line. He's better as a wide sort of, you know, uh, a wide player cutting in. But he has got that ability to finish. He is, you know, he he can be a striker as well. Um, He's a hungry player. He missed out on the World Cup, uh, the French World Cup squad he's been in pretty good form for Leverkusen, but Leverkusen have been largely underperforming until Xabi Alonso come in to coach them. And they've been improving. Obviously Germany's not back up and running yet. Um, Leverkusen would, would want big money and they've already come out and said, you know, a hundred million or nothing. He's not for sale during the season, blah, 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 blah. Make no mistake about it. He would, he would, he would go end of story. Like if we, if we put the money down, Leverkusen would sell because they're having, as I say, not a great season and, that type of asset for a German club of that size you know the sort of money they could get from they could rebuild a squad over the summer so that that kind of does excite me and again you know slightly biased because of the French side but he's a player that I liked even when he came through at PSG and he's one of those players that um, PSG have got a long history of not giving until Geltier came in not really giving young players a chance and there's so many of them that have left and gone on to better things and Kunku is is the one that's Stands out above all of them at the moment, where you know they left PSG at a good time and and got good moves and have, have really enhanced their careers ever since. And I feel like Diaby took that that gamble by leaving the the youth team at PSG and went to Leverkusen. And yeah, you know he blows hot and cold, but I think under the right coaching and the right setup, I think he would be, I think he'd be quite exciting. And, and I don't personally think we'd have to get near the two hundred, sorry, two hundred, hundred million mark. Personally, I I think we would probably. Turn Leverkusen's head if we went in at the sort of 60 plus add-ons type of bracket. Um so I'm not I'm not saying it's gonna happen or anything like that. Um all all I all I will say, and much like Danny said, it's not ITK or anything like that. It's just the people that I know that I trust to ask about these things in, in the French press um have said that Arsenal are actively discussing with Leverkusen about this, or that there is some discussions being held. And that could just be what does he like on his toast in the morning? It doesn't have to be about transfer fee. It might be something to do with the summer, but there's obviously an interest there. Um, Aside from that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against Ferran Torres. Like I said earlier on, I know a lot of people say, oh yeah, but he's shit. Mikel had him at Man City um, and I think he thought quite highly of him. And again, he isn't one of Barcelona's most sellable assets. So I don't think he would be very expensive. Um, And then aside from that, I think I would be tempted to do the Tielemans deal now, personally. I think if we I know that some people have got reservations about him, but I I think again, he's another player who under the right coach, in other words, not Brendan Rogers, I think he I think we'll see the Tielemans we saw at Monaco, which was a, you know, a very technically gifted, very sound, hard working, energetic, box to box midfielder. Um, and the good thing with Tielemans as well is that you can easily play him in either the Xhaka or the Partey role. In other words, if one of them needs a rest and you want to play him, he would slot, for example, into that European-style team in the Europa League really well. Um, and people have kind of forgotten how good he was at Monaco. He was really good in that team where that was the same team that Mbappe came out of You know, during that era when they had Bakayoko and um, the Mendy we don't speak of and all the others. Um he he was he was one of their star players. So and, and don't but I don't really buy into this attitude problem. I, I think he just wants out of Leicester and he has done for a while. Um and he's gonna go. It's just whether he goes now or in the summer. And I have a horrible feeling if we don't go now, I think he'll end up like going for the Newcastle dollar. Um so I think I'd be tempted to go for that. Does it excite me or I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just excited by us and what we're playing right now um all the rest of it you know we'll deal with transfers when they come but i i would be i'd be disappointed if we didn't bring at least one in um i probably would still be a bit disappointed if we didn't bring two in um but like i say i'm not i'm not hanging my hat on it but i i don't think there's any way that mikhail has just gone home and said you know given Eddie a call and gone oh we didn't get the ukrainian boy ah well never mind like you know he he is he could not have been more obvious in his interviews that sending a message to stan and, and the overlords that he needs money and he and he's got a perfect dossier because all he has to do is just flip the the DVD of the amazon documentary and say right here's where we were last season this is what happened here's where we are this season this is what could happen it, it's it writes itself you know so i, think so. I don't think, I think the money's think so. an issue
0: yeah i think we you know we've been Linked to a load of people, Camavinga. Apparently, he's not having a good time at um, Real Madrid, and you I'd, know, I'd be very careful with that one. Alone. But... No, not a good mm. what's the, attitude problem. L- little bit,
1: uh, yeah. I, well, I, I would just be a bit cautious. He's he's not the same Camavinga that that left. Ran. He's he's a little bit more. Um, I've made it now, and you know, I know Ancelotti isn't always the best with young players, but. Um, that's
0: that's the reason mm. why he's not being played on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's one of the ones, like like you said about the documentary, you know, you want someone to come in and fit into the squad. You want someone who, like you said, is not going to come out of a nightclub, not going to get themselves into trouble, not going to, you mm. know, disrupt the dressing room. So there's a lot of um, factors into any transfer. But like you, Chris, I'd be very disappointed if we didn't get at least one person in because... Um, even the whole summer, we was going really hard for a winger. You know, we did go for, obviously, um, Rafinha. We didn't get him. You know, and it shows this um, this winter, we was going for Midrich. We get him, so we didn't get him. So clearly, Arteta wants a winger, and he wants a mm. winger badly. Um, and we you know, talked to... He,
1: sorry, Dimitri We talked to Leverkusen in the summer as well. So this isn't like fresh talks for Diaby. This has been ongoing for a while. So that's another thing that gives me a bit of thought there. And two other names to mention. Um, don't touch following Balogun, leave him where he is because his development is coming on brilliantly at Rams. Like leave him there. Like just don't interrupt that. And if we sign a midfielder, um, we've, we've got one of, I I think, I don't want to jinx him. I think Charlie Patino has got a massive future with Arsenal. If, if he comes back next season, so you don't want to sign a player. You, you kind of want Patino to take El Nene's role next season, you know, and and the player you want to sign now is a player who takes the El Nene role now or fights mm. for that, you know, fights for that Jacques or role, but is also happy to be in reserve. You don't want to like sign a, a massive name, like a Kamavinga that kills Charlie Patino because a Kamavinga doesn't want to go to a club and not play. He wants to come in and, and he wants to play every week. Whereas if you sign a player, you know, in that Tielemans range, he's probably going to be more sort of open to helping out younger players as well as getting game time himself in the European fixtures and whatever and still has a sell-on value, if you see what I mean. Signing a young player with, not an attitude, but a young player with like all this um, stardom around him, he has to play every week or he's just going to kick off and it's going to be a bit of a messy situation again, so... And I hope Patino gets a chance because he looks mustard for Blackpool.
0: Yeah, let's see um, if that happens. Um, people, if you've got any questions, put them in the chat now. We're going to do questions very, very shortly. Um, Danny, just want to touch on Man United very, very quickly. Uh, Man United on Sunday. Um, it's a, a two teams who are, you know, basically the two informed teams in the Premier League. Um, it's going to be a game where... I think it's going to be very, very tough. Um, Marcus Rashford has found a lot of form, and he's he's playing ultimately some of the best football of his life. Um, ever since Ronaldo has kind of left, you know, Man United have almost kicked and decided to become a team. Um, does Man United worry you uh, at any at any time?
2: Um, well, at the moment they're on a run of uh, actually going to change them, This is five in a row. They are on a run of. Uh, seven wins in a row. But they beat Burnley, they beat Forest, they beat Wolves, they beat Bournemouth, they beat Everton, they beat Charlton. Easy. Beat Man City with an offside goal, massively offside goal. But we're not going to complain about that because that helped us out knowing. But when you have a look at their Premier League away form, which is the important one because it's going to be at our place, then their form changes a little bit. They uh, they went to Wolves and won one nil, won by a goal beat Fulham 2-1, that's won by a goal, lost 3-1 to Villa, 1-1 at Chelsea, beat Everton 2-1 again by one goal, then Man City smashed them 6-3, then they beat Leicester and Southampton 1-0 by a goal, and then the seven games before that, they lost all of them. I mean, that's only going back to March this year. I mean, even if we go back to the beginning of the season, Brentford smashed them 4-0 at their place, which was a magnificent game. So their they're, home form was brilliant, but their away form, they're winning by a goal. They, much like under Emery, when we looked really good on that run, you go and analyse that run. You go, well, we were letting in goals, we weren't scoring that many, we were getting draws, we were we weren't playing fantastically. Their only really good result was against Man City, and that they should have got a draw out of it. So I'm not worried about them. They they are a team maybe where we were a year ago. 14, 15 months ago. They're turning things around. They've done the, they done the, the Ozil thing. They got rid of the troublemaker at the club. They're relying on the, the, young players at the club. They're bringing in decent young players. Van der Beek being out for the rest of the season is a big loss for them. Finally, they got Varane and, uh, who's the bloke in midfield? Is it Casemiro? Mm. Yeah. They're yeah. finally both pulling their fingers out and having decent games. But again, they've still got a De Gea in goal, who is, I think he's a bit of a liability and they've got no one else to, I mean, they've even gone and got Jack Butland, the ex stoke star who has been at Crystal Palace and done nothing. couple of games for England, they've gone and got him on loan, this transfer window. And uh, yeah, they do, normally they, they're a club that has uh, really old players as their backup goalkeepers or their goalkeeping coach. Not worried about them at all. We owe them for the 3-1. Our only lost league loss of the season. And that will be on the players' minds. And you know how good Arteta is at rallying the troops when they've got something to fight against. And he will come out some absolute gems. They will come out of there on fire and they will be running around scoring goals, turning them inside out. I reckon we'll beat them maybe 3-1. Do you want a bit, want a bit of gossip? Go on. <laughs>
0: um,
1: someone who shall not be named... Who may or may not be watching the show and has just messaged me. <gasps> Scoop Collins! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not Simon, but if I said it's somebody of a very similar standing, um, oh. just said to me, um, A, he said my hair looks nice. Uh, oh. <laughs> he's blatantly winding me up. Um, yeah. Basically, Arsenal's valuation of Diaby is 60 million max. Um, so, in other words. In one payment or? <clears throat> no. So it'd be forty up front, forty to forty-five up front is what they're quoting, um, and what he's been told is that essentially, if Leverkusen were willing to willing to listen to sixty million euros, um, or a deal amounting to sixty million euros, they would be open to talks. So that tells you, and and his market value is is I think it's fifty-five to sixty, so that would make sense. So all this talk of this hundred million that's going around on Twitter, that all that is is Leverkusen essentially trying to scare off anybody trying to take their best player um, and it's also kind of waving the flags of uh, towards Arsenal saying yeah you you know you can come and talk to Diaby but if you actually are serious don't come in with a you know a 30 plus one <laughs> 30 plus one pound bid like you've got to come in at, at a very good rate but yeah 100 million is is way wider the mark
2: This is confusing for me because I think Di- Diaby and I immediately think is he a defensive midfield? I'm just looking. Yeah. He's 23. He's um where was he born? He was born, yeah, uh, it uh, doesn't say I where think, he was born I think he's oh, Paris. Got,
1: um, I think he's got African heritage. Yeah, he's yeah, Marley. born in Paris, but I think he's got African, yeah. yeah.
2: Marley, he's a... Uh, and and um, for anybody who
1: hasn't seen him God yeah, anybody who hasn't seen him play by the way, he's yeah, he is he is your quintessential um sort of nippy, skillful winger, direct, pacey. Um, low center of gravity. I'm um, trying to think who who he would remind me of in terms of players that are playing now. Um, only five
2: foot seven as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not a tall lad. That's not really his game. He is he's very much an in behind type
2: of. Is he like what Pepe should be?
1: Yeah, On the that, other side. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to a degree, but but his work rate's a lot higher. Um, that's and that's hard. not to knock Pepe. It's just that's not Pepe's game. But yeah, his work rate is is very good. He's a very up and down. Uh, up and down the wing type of player, but yeah, um, yeah, he I, I, I like I like the profile personally. I do, I do, and he's a player that you know when someone's been at a club for a, for a while and you just think, oh,
2: they could probably do with a fresh start. You know what I mean? Oh, he's ex like, PSG as well. He was there yeah. from the from four, 2014 until 2019. Came through the academy,
1: yeah, yeah. But at 23, you know, he has that magical word sell-on value as well. So, um, yeah. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in. I'm not I'm not saying we're gonna sign in before anyone tries to burn my Twitter or my Twitter down or my house starts, or anything else.
2: Stats are <laughs> pretty good. This season in the Bundesliga, fifteen games, six goals, three assists, Champions yeah. League, six games, two assists, Nations biggest, League three games. Looks the
1: good. The biggest criticism of him is that he's a bit inconsistent. That's the biggest well, that criticism of be. him. Um but um like that that with...
0: that's that's all training, isn't it? Like Um, you look up the likes of Xhaka his turnaround Mm. you know Mikel Arteta got to him Mikel's a wizard so yeah yeah, that can be trained out um, definitely so I mean yeah there's what um, what 15 days left of this um, yeah no less than that 14 days left sorry so Mm -hmm. yeah a lot can happen in football in that time and you know and even if we don't sign anyone let's not do a meltdown you know no At the moment, we're top of the league. We're eight points clear. Uh, If we beat Manchester United, which I'm fairly confident that we just might. And if we do do that, you know what I mean? That's, for me, that's brilliant. Yeah, I think think that's brilliant. And then all you've got is, okay, we've got to play Man City twice. We get two draws out of them. I mean, even if we say, okay, we lose um, the away game and say we draw the home game or even win the home game because there's no reason why we cannot win... The home game in the status oh, yeah. and I don't want people to I mean I know we've got Man City in the cup next and if we do lose that game I don't want people to melt I don't want people to go oh my god it's over with like blah 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 like listen the cup games are totally different and yeah we probably will play quite a strong team in that cup game because we really don't have any players we might throw in an El Nene we might throw in a Vieira uh, to rest some players. We can almost guarantee that Eddie's going to play because we just don't have the striker at the moment. But, do you know, we just got to play our games. And remember, Manchester City has still got to catch up those eight points. And, eight and points they're not are playing not very well right now. No, not at all. And they've got um, Champions League to focus on as well. I mean, yeah, so for me, they've got a harder they've got a harder time. The chasing, the chasing is always harder because you've got to catch up and you're always thinking about what the other team are doing. I also don't care that whatever Man United or Man City are doing. Um, I still want to, I know maybe people don't agree with me, but I still, you've got, you've got to look at Newcastle as well. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're title challengers, this next, I'm not saying that, but top four contenders, 100%, I think mm. they are. And, the thing about Newcastle what scares me just a little bit and I say this all the time is that they're in their Adebayor for Man City era. They're in the girl Cliche era for Man City. They haven't really spent money big. Mm. So, if they do get into the Champions League this season or next season I should say, excuse me, I think it's a scary outcome of Man City um, from Newcastle, sorry, because they're going to be looking at the likes of Arsenal. So, if we look at certain teams and think, hmm, um, we're going to go for this player. Who to say that they won't? I mean, we keep talking about Beningham going to the likes of Liverpool, going to the likes of Man United, maybe coming to Arsenal, who knows. Remember, Newcastle have got the to go to Brian, not Brian, uh, Borussia Dortmund, and say, here's £120 million. And hello, um, Beningham, we're going to pay you 250000 300000 a week. He's gonna go because one, he's got Champions League football. Two, he's on. And if you look about it, and you say you, you're Eddie Howe, and you go to bed in them, and you say we're gonna build a team around you. You are gonna be our talisman. You're gonna be our star man, and we just need you because that's what they did. That's what Man City did, didn't they? We've got the likes of Tervez, the likes of Robinho, uh, the likes of David Silva, all those players. You know, they got them in and said, "Oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that around you." And they became the force that they are today. So I think people really need to look about Newcastle and just don't don't write them off that quickly. But fuck other teams. We're going to win the Premier League. I've said it, Chris. Now I've said it. I can't go back. You said it, quote you can't go Danny. back. No, and, don't quote me, Danny.
1: And don't forget, we're eight points clear.
2: Man City have to beat us twice and they're still two points behind us. If it's any other exactly. team, if it was Liverpool or Man City or Man United, oh, be all over. The, the bookies would be paying out by now mm, because it's us. are unbelievers.
1: The, I the important thing that we've shown this season is that we've been able to come back from a defeat. Like that Man United defeat at Old Trafford, we owe them one now because we should have won that game. Um, and when we dropped the point to Newcastle, we went out and won the next game. We absolutely wiped the floor with Brighton. Like That's the key thing. And and people all you know, I'm hearing a lot of it at the moment. It's like, oh, yeah, but Arsenal haven't had their slip yet. There, it isn't. There isn't a rule book that says every team has to have their slip. Like that isn't a thing.
0: You know, the, Man there City are never had teams a slip when they won got... their hundred points. Leicester didn't yeah. have a slip because remember, Leicester it, literally it, lost two games that season, and they were both exactly. to Arsenal. So, exactly. So yeah, it's, so I don't agree so with that at all. The psychological
1: damage would be the worry if we lost to Man City. Twice in a row because we're playing them in the cup and the league like back to back, aren't we? That would be the slight concern. Um, but yeah, if you said to me you can beat them in the league, and said I'd to
2: say, me, E, 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 that's all we got there. The
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. You I said, if, if, if you, I was saying, if you, if you said to me we can beat them in the league, but we lose 73-0 in the cup, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine,
0: no problem. Oh, yeah, take that all day. Um, mm-hmm. definitely. And even after the cup game against Man City, we got Everton away. Um, we will be Everton away. Well, I remember that they season are, that we lost on... Yeah, they, they are, are dog shit at the moment, aren't they?
1: they? They've increased their um, security, haven't they? Because they're worried about what their fans are going to do. So... Um, yeah, that'll be Do you think
0: we're going for a cheeky bid for a uh, DCL? That, in the, oh, that's how the DCL mugs. But... The guy can't get out
1: of bed without breaking or straining something. That <laughs> uh, I thanks. know Zaha? Neil loves him, but...
0: Is Zaha no. going anywhere? No. Oh, he's... He, if you're talking he's about playing people who sort the dressing room, there is no way Moody. Um, Arteta brings him into the dressing room. No way.
1: No. Even Vieira's having, having difficulties taming him,
2: so yeah, No.
0: Mm.
1: He is, if we do questions, a, he sets Palace. Yes, but,
0: Daniel. Yes, Daniel,
2: definitely. Because I don't have anything to do apart from play football manager. I made it to the playoffs of Gloucester City. Wow. And then got mugged off because the game fucking hates me. Um, right. Uh, we have got questions. So the first one is from Phil Macker uh, for you, Carl. Two weeks left in the window. Is a title achievable if we don't strengthen the squad?
0: I think it'll be harder if we don't. I'll be very honest with you because I think the injuries will come they definitely will because we've got games that are going to be thick and fast and I think players do need a rest and not just 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. I'd like to see Saka come off from the bench like with only 15 minutes left. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I do think that we have to strengthen at some point. Um, if we don't, I think it'll be much harder. But if we do, like, i would be happy. Um, definitely happy. But yeah, I think Mikel Arteta and Edu and the rest of the Arsenal board are going to see what happened last season and think to themselves, we can't let this happen again this season. So hopefully that we do at least bring one person in.
2: Thank you, Daki. Remember, the quicker answer is the quickest you can go. One for you, Chris, from Fred Thurbin. Who do you think will have the biggest impact in the second part of the season? Vieira, Smith Rowe, or a new signing? Hello, Fred, by the way, that's
1: a name I haven't had
2: for a while. Um He worked he, he um, he's a um Who was that bloke who knocked down chimneys up north? <laughs> I don't, don't know. Some <laughs> will know. Um famous bloke on TV, dead now, he used to live up north and climb a steeple jack and knock down them with by hand and with a hammer. He's been I doing haven't. that. That's what Fred does for a job.
1: Okay, cool. Well, anyway, it's nice to hear from Fred. Um uh Smith Road, I think. Smith for me because I just think he's got he's just got so much to, he's he's he would have sat on the injury table and watched the development of Saka um, not just here but at the World Cup he would have watched the improvement that Martinelli um, and Ketia I, I think he will be if if we know anything about him which I think we do he'll be chomping at the bit and remember when he came on as a sub all those games last season and got key goals um, if we can get five, six goals out of him at crucial times, yeah. And it's a massive month for him because you'd imagine he'll start the the cup game with City. You'd imagine he'll probably start Europa games now. Um, mm-hmm. He he could be <laughs> like a new signing, um, and that's not to underplay Vieira, who I think is he's got a bigger future. I don't think we're going to see like we've seen flashes this season. I don't think we're going to see like the, the finished raw diamond cut this season, but he'll have a big future. And then obviously signings, I mean, you know, we just don't know, do we? It depends what level of signing we make. Um and what sort of you know, what profile they are. Um and it sounds it sounds like we're still in for this lad at Orlando as well. I don't know if you saw that going round earlier on today. Facundo oh, ladder Orlando. I can't remember his name. He's yes, Uruguayan
0: sort of um, Orlando Magic
1: <laughs> No, we're not signing Penny Hardaway or whatever. Um no um Thank you. Uh, I th- I can't remember his name. Facundo something. I think it is. But he's Uruguayan. He's he was very good for Orlando. And apparently we were in before the World Cup. And um, he said he's waiting to hear of our next move. So he might be another one that we might look at beyond the summer. But he could be accelerated now, given what we're where we are. But uh, no, I think Smith Rowe will be. Um, I hope I hope he is anyway. But I think he's got a hell of a second half of the season to come. Really do. I will find this guy's name by the way.
2: Oh, I, mean, I was about to tell you what it was, but I don't want to ruin it for you.
1: <laughs> I saw it
2: earlier going through my Twitter, and I'll just have to find it. Yes. Um, we have a, a Fred, Fred uh, Dibner was the, the gentleman's name. Thank Hello, you to everybody yeah. out there. Uh, <laughs> Keysby Knight quickly puts. How much are open top bus rentals? Well, I can top that. <laughs> ask them to do the double. Well, I'm, going, I'm going in early on the double. Not, you, not, not the Europa League, just, just the um. double. That's yeah. all I one. Um, another question for you, Carl from uh, Rudy Roots, who has just joined our Discord. What's more important for this squad: other uh, another winger or an adequate substitute for Zaka Party? Kind of covered it a little bit, but there
0: you go. We did, this but um, Chris did. I think that I think another winger because I don't think Marquinhos is anywhere near ready, and if we lost Saka and or Martellini, I think it would be a very, very big loss. Although, if we did lose party, like we said, we've got the likes of El Nene and also Sambi Lekonga to kind of come in at a push. You could push um, Zinchenko into midfield and play Tierney left-back. So we have got options in midfield, albeit a bit jagged. I think on the wings, we don't have any options at all. We, If we lost Saka, who do we play? Uh, we lost Martellini, who do we play? I just don't think Marquinhos is at the moment, good enough. Reese Nelson is on his way back, but he's not quite there yet. So, you know, it's, it's hard. So that's my answer.
2: Boy10 says, given that Arsenal are seemingly back, how long until Arsenal Couldn't fandom know.
0: raises its Correct.
2: expectations with signings? I want Durian Timberlad from Ajax. Mm, never heard of him. Mm. again. again. Uh, he's not in my football manager, I don't. It's very,
1: uh, United were very keen.
2: Well, obviously, oh, you know, play play it's Did you find the player, Chris, Danny? in Orlando?
1: Yes. Yes, yeah, it's Facundo for, for Torres. Um, I think the chat
0: I've just caught oh. up. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chris, do you know uh, who, who, who could get, possibly? Go on. As a, as a wide forward? Mm, go on. Julian Draxler. Listen, oh. <laughs> until that guy signs for Arsenal, I will never rest. I will die on this hill. Benfica's finest. Guy. Benfica's yes, finest. Yeah, he's not. Uh, I know he's just gone. It saddens me that he's never going to get his chance to play for Arsenal because he should Fair have times. and he didn't.
2: Uh, Divyesh Patel. Says, if we bring into, realistically, what two positions do we strengthen given midfield looks like a summer move? And does Chris know anything about Fresneda?
1: Fresneda. This is the, yes, this is the right back at um Oviedo, or is it Valadolid? One of the Spanish teams. He's the 17-year-old right back, I believe, who can play right and left fullback.
2: Valladolid, um,
1: yep. Valadolid right. is it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So they play in white and purple. Um, yeah, I don't know a lot about him. Uh, you'd have to speak to. Is it really Madrid as a kid? Yeah, you might want to speak to. Um, oh, who's the chap I follow on Spanish football? I can't remember his name. That's going to really bug me. I'll try and look it up in a minute. Um, but yeah, he yeah again, he'd be one for the future. Um, but I guess right back is probably an area that you would want to have somebody for the future. I suppose.
2: Um, haven't we yeah. got um uh Norton Cuffey? He's he's doing Look, really Norton well, Cuffey, taken yeah. back from Rotherham, sent to Coventry. But then, if this lad can play
1: right and left back, then it means he's got that option of the multi multi talented versatility. And ultimately, mm. when you're paying for a kid that age, you're paying for potential, aren't you? You're not paying, you're not necessarily thinking put him away, put him in the team for next weekend's home game, are you? So, um, yeah, I mean, if if, if the deal works on paper and the talent's there from what I've said. I've, I've, only, I've only sort of heard about him, not, sit, not watched him live myself. But, yeah, all the reports are that he's he's very, very good. So, yeah, it might be worth
2: doing some doing some research on him for sure. Fred Durbin uh, has got down off his steeple, Jack, and asks: This is a decent question. It deserves more time. A few players join clubs and their careers still go backwards. Should players engage scouting companies to look at the style and personalities of the team who are trying to inspire them. Bloody hell, that's, a, that's deep.
0: I think it that's a great point though. I think it is. And I'll, give, I'll try and give it a very quick go. Um, every player that goes to a club, I'm sure they think that they can change that club. Whoever it is, whether you, if you're a striker, you're thinking that your goals are going to, you know, propel the club to go forward. If you're a midfielder, you're thinking that you're going to have to dominate that midfield. And, change games and Chris made a good point like um, I like the term that he used manage games what Martin Odegaard does and I'm sure a lot of people think that you know centre midfielders go to manage games defenders likewise think that they can you know stop proceeding, uh, team proceeding goals I think um, I would I'm sure their players do do it before they go to a the club they must talk to players who are already there um, I know it's probably harder from teams people overseas like if I like if Chris was a footballer and he was going to move to Germany and uh, he didn't know anyone there <laughs> like it'd be very hard to try and like you know gauge the people in the dressing room or ga- get someone to talk to if you don't know anybody there so in that sense it, it's kind of hard I think you're right what you're saying that I you do want to be able to go to the club to walk around the dressing room you should be given a trial day, like to go in the dressing room talk to people to see if you like them and be able to pull out if, if you need to but I think Whereas these some of these young footballers, their agent runs their careers. So if their agent says, by the way, you're leaving this uh club and you're going to that club, they and you're, you're going to get paid double what you get paid now, they don't really think, all they see is pound signs or euro signs or whatever currency they're going to be in. So I think that is a bit of an issue as well. So I think that's the best answer I can give. But you're right, I think it'd be brilliant for teams to go to a, to a club even for a week and train with them and see if they like the setup see if they like the people because you may get to a club and you may just not like the people we've all got people that we work with and we don't like um and it's the same as footballers i mean yeah you may only see them in the dressing room go to training do you know what i mean there's loads of things that in a club, you may not like, you may not like the manager's attitude, you know, when the manager's trying to shine, uh, sign you, he's going to be very nice to you, oh mate, we're going to, he's going to tell you, all your sweet nothings, whisper in your ear, kiss the back of your neck, tell you everything, and then once oh, you get there, man, he could be all nice. on right, once <laughs> <laughs> you get to the club, he could be an absolute donut, so, it, it's nice to see, um, people, probably in their natural habitat, and I think, what's really good, about Arsenal, that all or nothing documentary, you saw how Mikhail Arteta really is. You saw him behind. You saw the speeches he gives. You saw about the one-on-one coaching sessions where the coaches will bring the players in into that room with all the seats, padded seats, and, you know, talk to them about their game, how they can turn. Bless you, Danny. Um, so I think that all-and-nothing documentary would have definitely boosted our um, profile. So... Yeah, that's the best odds I can give, thanks.
1: And and don't forget, players sometimes sign for clubs where the manager might not have even had any say in the fact the player's coming in.
0: Chelsea.
1: Um, <coughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> Sorry. The, the, the two I was going to mention are Renato Sanchez at PSG and Fabian Ruiz at PSG, who were both agreed to by Gaultier, but were both signed on reputations. Ruiz was like... One of the best midfielders in Europe for Napoli last season has gone to PSG and it's just not worked at all yet. Um, and Renato Sanchez has gone off a cliff. Um, he's a, another one with a bit of an attitude issue, I think. I didn't but.
2: rate him when he went from Bayern to Swansea. Was but he was dreadful at Swansea. Hope. Yeah, he passed yeah, to an advertising
1: hoarding, didn't he? Um, but yeah, but I mean, if you look at him on paper, he's got all the mm-hmm. attributes. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes players are signed by clubs. Um, because they're the hot thing, when in reality the managers don't even want them in the first place. Um, that person to follow, by the way, if you're interested, is uh, is chap called Gav at La Liga Gavilla, as in G A V I L A.
2: He's very good on his Spanish football, so he's worth a follow. I shall clear up these next two from Phil Macker. Have you guys watched the the Gabriel video on him dealing with Kane? It's truly shocking to watch Kane spend 90 minutes diving and trying to engineer fouls rather than playing football. Yep, we all saw that and we all loved every second of it. Fred Thurbin has said, how much does Amari Hutchinson regret leaving us for Chelsea now? Well, they probably quadrupled his wages and he doesn't give a shit like most other young players nowadays. It's all he'd about be,
0: getting, he'd be out and out so to Reading or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. He'd be getting game time for us now, I think. I think he'd be on the bench. Yeah, he I would say. be. But he'd come from Chelsea in the first place. So fuck him. <laughs> uh, Stefan's, uh mate Stefan Selby says, Describe how you feel about this arsenal in one word. I will start and I'll use the word moist. I was just going to say that's
1: exactly the
0: word I was going to use. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: by the way, triumphant—I'll have actually triumphant. Just quickly, that person said about the Gabriel video—he's been fucking brilliant this season. That's filmmaker,
2: the other yeah. uh, one. I well, Phil's
1: me. been brilliant, but Gabriel's been fucking superb. I mean, obviously, we all love Big Willie. I love Big Willie. Can't <laughs> Big get enough Willie. Big Willie. But um, yeah, Gabriel's been very, very quietly brilliant. Um, so, can I have moist? Or Carl. can I have sexual? Or can I have orgasmic? Or can I have? Um... No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna use the word proud. That's the word I'm gonna use. Oh, I'm proud wonderful. to see us playing football again.
0: Carl, jubilant. Well, oh, I mean, f- there we go. You know, That's it's a... been a lo- it's, it's been a long time since we've seen Arsenal play as good as we know we can, and. You know, we've been through some torrid times. I think I was watching on Sky a game, um, I don't know if you remember remember what season it was, it was an Arsenal Wenger game where we were 2-0 up against Wigan and then we lost Mm. 3-2. And I looked at that and I thought, we as Arsenal fans have suffered. We (laughs) We really have. And it's just nice to... I mean, that's not to say that it won't happen again, but it's just nice to see us playing really good football and you know, enjoying enjoying it and Arsenal fans actually being happy, you know, people always find shit to moan at because it's people, but you know, it's very hard to moan about this Arsenal team at the moment.
2: And if you were anybody is wondering, in a game of Scrapple, the word jubilant would get you twenty seven points. That's twenty seven points. Didn't ask. Fair enough. Thunder Road, Chris. Thoughts on Wren's winger Cameldeen Sulimana? Would a loan be better for him than nothing? God, you butchered that. Um,
1: Camel Dean Sulimana, I believe is he. Whatever. That's not no. what his mates call him. <laughs> no, uh, no. Flat, um, Again, another another one of the another one of these who who has a a little bit in the same school as Jeremy Doku at, at Wren. Um Lots of pace, lots of ability, uh, lots of um, potential, but just hasn't, hasn't consistently delivered enough. Um, the one player I would have looked at at Wren is unfortunately out for the rest of the season, Martin Terrier, who's been absolutely brilliant. He did his ACL, which is really unfortunate because he was fantastic. They've got another winger called Benjamin Borrego, who's equally probably as good on the other side, but neither, I would say, are in the Arsenal kind of bracket. Which I can say that now because we're great. Um, but if one of those pitched up at sort of like particularly Borjo or, or Suleimano would be the sort of player who would pitch up at sort of an Everton or a West Ham, um, a bit like Ben Rama, that type of level. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't foresee us being interested in that kind of level player. But um, yeah, good luck to him. He, he is talented, but he just hasn't done it consistently enough.
2: Okie dokie, final question unless I find any more from to you, Carl, from Rudy Roods. Who is the evil twin of Rudy Rastos? Do you think we will expose Man City's defensive frailties? With Haaland, he looks like a player playing in the wrong team which to which accommodate the player, Ronaldo United situation. We did all warn Man City fans, us Dortmund fans, we did say he, he he'd be the only man scoring in your team. And if he doesn't score, you're in trouble because your entire way you are playing is built around giving the ball to that man and watching him do that magic. And for the first half a dozen games of the season, it was working. But now, he's one two-footed tackle against that ankle from being out for the season.
0: So, Carl, what do you think? Uh, 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 uh. He's a very good player. And I wouldn't taunt him that much because when he does find his scoring form, it's going to be dangerous. And we, will we beat them? Yes. I'm confident. Like I've never been so confident. I mean, even last season, we only... Remember the home game? We should have won that. I mean, we was... A referee's mistake or a Gabriel's mistake away from winning that game, um, and we should have won it. So I have faith that this season we'll go and even if we lose the cup game, which you know it's going to be very hard to go away to Man City, and I don't think we'll play our first team uh, at all. I don't. I don't want to see second near this squad. I don't want to see Martin Odegaard play. Um, you will bring in the likes of Rob Holding. Matt Turner will play. You will bring in. You know. Um, Vieira will play and that's what I like to see because we need squad rotation Man City are there for the taking Man City have lost to Brentford we beat Brentford you know so you've seen that Man City you know should have they lost to Man United we should have beat Man United they've lost so many games this season that they're there for the taking teams don't fear Man City anymore yes Harland is this phenomenal goal scoring beast like he is he's very good but if we take the game to man T, as we know they're gonna they are just as scared of us as we were of them, and that's the biggest compliment I can give
2: decent compliment indeed,
0: right a quick scan you for wanna, a, or p
1: one for. just why you're just while you're scanning on. um I'll just give you something to giggle to antonio conte why do why do coaches have to face the media? Why not directors or physios <laughs>
2: because <laughs> we know the physio makes all the decisions during the it's game a fucking parody isn't it um, um we've oh, we got exactly. some people saying what their one word is um steph says sensational mask gunner you're late says engaging Nobby piles unparalleled pink panther impressive um that's uh oh here's one from phil who wins an ABW arm wrestling competition? My money is on Carl. Well, Carl is six foot nine. Actually, I've got a player, a regen in football manager, a goalkeeper who's six foot eight. Crikey. Wow. Indeed. And I've also got a fullback who's five foot three. So I'm thinking of changing his name. I'll tell you what, I'm changing it to. You dare. Oh, Mr. Bob <laughs> says <laughs> says orgasmic. There you go. Right, Carl, wrap this shit up. You two have got stuff to do, and I've got the ladies of chat about it. can't hold on much longer. They need me. <laughs>
0: Those (laughs) biddies get titties. You know. As normal, everyone, much appreciated for listening to us or watching us. Whatever platform you're watching us on, if you're watching us on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to us on Spotify, please give us a like. Um, Thank you very much. You know, we're here for you week in, week out. Uh, We're getting better. We are. Chris is... It's only been uh, 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is the host and leader of this pack and we are in his shadow we are following him so chris today you let me host and much appreciated but thank you for coming on
1: you are very welcome i didn't cough as much as i anticipated i would so i'm quite pleased about that but yeah thank you for for doing your bits and bobs car much appreciate good to see you and uh danny you, you have to be
0: here so i oh, do Mm. I stop moaning um, so we played Manchester United on Sunday so I'm assuming there'll be a pre-game show on uh, Saturday. Saturday Danny will yeah. put in the group who's going to do it no one will answer <laughs> he'll moan at us and then uh, someone will say I can do it uh, I can't because I'm actually going to the games well no Saturday mm, maybe I can Saturday Danny we'll see um, but Sunday I can't do a pre-game or, or post-game because I'm going to the game Uh hopefully I'm going to meet Femi to See, because Femi's very elusive he so, is slippery yeah so, yeah so hopefully I'll meet Femi no on one's Sunday. ever seen his wallet that's Quickly. all I've heard put it this way if you stand on his wallet you can touch the sun that's all I'm saying yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yes, we'll do a post game show on Sunday as well. Once we beat Manchester United again, Danny will put in one of our WhatsApp groups. You can do the post game. No one will answer. He'll flip out and say he's disbanding the group. We're all fired and oh, yeah. blah 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 blah. Fired you all this cool, afternoon. Did you?
2: Hmm? I'm not you. To anyone oh, else.
0: John, they they didn't even
2: fucking reply. I mean, anyone seen Jeff Arsenal? If anyone's seen him, please send him in this direction. He's been done one show all season. I'm sorry. He's he's living the good
1: life, that man, isn't
0: he? Exactly. Uh, Mr. Broblex, I will follow me on Twitter if you don't already, and I will let you know because I'm going to meet Femi definitely before the game. Um, Right, so thank you, everyone. Uh, Give us a thumbs up, give us a like. Um, Thank you for watching this. Thank you for listening to this. This has been a Burk Up Wonderland, a Narcel podcast saying, Chris, what do you think of Tottenham? Shit. Danny, what do you think of shit? Tottenham. Thank you. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking
2: livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at it, so when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged. Microwave immediately and get the brown sauce on them. And bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt.